This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, your coach, your guide on the side. Happy Tuesday to you. Tuesday morning. <sighs> We're now trying to solve what happened in Orlando. And everybody has a different answer. Get rid of the guns. Get rid of anybody that doesn't, that wasn't born here and didn't have three generations of parents here. I don't know. Three generations. Is that enough? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you have to have been one of the original colonizers. There you go. Anyway, anyway, everyone's trying to find an answer, and uh, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, some of the latest um, news and information surrounding, you know, the Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton presidential election, and also, I guess, what happened in Orlando, and some of the fallout from that. It's just a tragedy, and the more you watch and you see the names of these people and the lives of the people that were killed, it's just... A tragedy that has to stop. Something has to happen, right? Or is this just terrorism? No, no, no. It's guns. Or is it? Or is it Islamic radical Islamic fundamentalism? No, it's immigration. <sighs> what if it's just all of it? Is this the price of freedom? This might be the price of freedom. We just have to deal with this happening every few months, or in a day and age of terrorism. Marco Rubio said, I guess it was Orlando's turn. So is it our, do we have to take turns now? Is, it, is there another uh, city down the road that's their opportunity to have this happen? Yeah, who's next? Yeah. But again, this is uh, places like Scotland or Ireland or um, uh, the Middle East. They're, they've, they're used to terrorism. They've saw, seen this. I saw this morning, Australia. Yeah. They had a mass shooting about 95 or so. Then they passed some legislation. They haven't had a mass shooting since 1996. That's right. Now, granted, they don't have constitutional amendments and all that kind of stuff, but that's what they did. And and they don't have the AR-15 as the best-selling gun in their country. It's America's gun. But uh, So you fix the guns. That'll fix it, right? No. Then let's just start saying it's Islamic radicalism. That'll solve it, right? No. Then, then immigration. Let's fix immigration because that'll solve – reporting or, or political correctness. Mm. I mean if you listen to the news, what's the problem? This is one of the dilemmas is it's a complex problem and you're not going to just be able to pick your favorite argument and just fight it that way. Except it seems like that's how we're going to pretend to solve this one like we did Sandy after Sandy Hook and like we did after every major um, tragedy in this country. Anyway, well, they're, we'll called, they're called high-profile shootings oh yeah that's the term now well this one was really high yes it was this was the highest <laughs> isn't it? this is this this is the second biggest event terroristic terrorist event second to the 9-11 mm-hmm. man uh so we will get to more of that and just find out what people are saying what's going on we'll get to that in a second but uh We've also got a great um, follow-up on the Harambe Gorilla Zoo case. We found a really interesting article by a, um, a wildlife conservation expert in uh, – I think he's in Scotland. And he's going to be walking us through just a letter he wrote, an article he wrote about other things you might want to think about. 
when it comes to a, 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 a sad event like that because we just get mad at the parents again. Mm-hmm. Or the zoo. I mean, how'd, they, how'd that get in there? How'd, how'd that little child get in there? But you might want to think about the zookeeper that had to put down an animal because he had no other choice. But it's an animal that they'd been caring for for a long time. So it's an interesting it's an interesting angle on that discussion. So we'll get to that. But first, let's get to the headlines with Terry South. Terry, what's going on around the rest of the country? Thanks, Matt. President Obama said to visit Orlando on Thursday to pay his respects to victims of the worst mass shooting in American history. Obama delivered an address on Sunday after the horrible events took place, describing how the attack on the gay nightclub Pulse was an attack on everyone in the United States. Sadeki Mateen, the father of Orlando mass shooter Omar Mateen, said in an interview that he does not forgive his son for his rampage that killed 49 people and injured 53 at the nightclub. He goes, I don't approve of him, what he did. If he had such a horrible idea, I wish he would go out of the United States and, and killed himself somewhere else. He went on to call what his son did a terrorist act. Wow. His dad? That's did. what his dad said. But his dad also has that Afghani sort of YouTube site where he says he's the president of the country, too. I guess he wanted him to have gone to, like, Afghanistan or something and done something. Yeah, do it over there. Don't do it here, is what he said. You're slaying. Interesting. That's, that's interesting. Despite the fact that Orlando shooter Omar Mateen was born in America, Donald Trump said the tragedy, which was a result of our dysfunctional immigration system during a Monday address in New Hampshire, the only reason the killer was in America in the first place was because we allowed his family to come here. That is a fact. What? Trump said, underscoring that Mateen's parents immigrated to the U.S. from Afghanistan. Mateen, like Trump, was born in Queens, New York. Trump uh, went on to cite the attack at the LGBT nightclub Pulse on Sunday morning as further evidence that he was right to call for a ban on all Muslim immigration to the United States. He then proposed extending that ban to any and all countries that may pose a threat for the ability of the free people to live their lives. So anyone and everyone that's going to be a harm. What, what about that church shooting in <clears throat> South Carolina? Yeah. Where was that guy from? North Carolina. Uh, ban him. Yeah. Ban North Carolina now. That, yeah. Ah, There's okay. the yeah, the logic doesn't like track the, the Democratic presidential primary formally wraps up tonight with a final contest in Washington, D.C. Yes! Woohoo! Presumptive Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton and top rival Bernie Sanders are capping off the primary with a private meeting Tuesday night. Yes. On Monday night, the Clinton campaign said the meeting had been set up when Clinton called Sanders last Tuesday, and Clinton looks forward to the opportunity to discuss how they can advance their shared commitment to a progressive agenda and work together to stop Donald Trump in the general election. <laughs> so is, is, is Bernie the vice president? No. Oh. Did you hear her comment that uh, she loves the passion that Bernie brought, mm. but she wouldn't change any of her positions? She's not going to change any of her positions, but what Bernie really brought was passion. That's what she wants to carry on is oh. that passion. Now, isn't Bernie older than Hillary? I believe so. So what – let me get this straight. Yes. What she loved about Bernie weren't any of his ideas that his followers love. Uh-huh. It was just the fact that an 80-year-old man brought more passion than Hillary. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to get that straight. <laughs> Apparently that's wow. how it works. I just what I want is that 80 year, 80 year old man's passion. <laughs> Hillary, you got to be careful. You're not going to get these people if you don't take their ideas. Yeah. Hmm. I, I think that's what they're going to talk about, but yeah. I'm not sure how productive it will be. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and finally, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Holy Hannah. Beat the Golden State Warriors, Kyrie. forcing a game six. Yeah. And they did it all 
without Draymond Green, who was yeah. from the Warriors, who he was, was suspended. Out. But if he was out there, he would have messed up most of the stuff that Kyrie Irving and LeBron James were doing. Yeah, Kyrie has had gave... probably the best game of his life. He did. I was a little disappointed in LeBron. Why? Just he had forty-one points, just like Kyrie. Well, I know, but it seemed like by halftime he was kind of dejected. Okay. And then, but Kyrie was killing it in the first half and the second half. Hmm. Kyrie's the future of the NBA. Okay. Mark that down. Oh, we'll write that in a book somewhere. (laughs) You may have had just one good game, or it's the future of the NBA. Seriously, killing it. He's good. Okay. Yeah, that was disappointing. So, game six Thursday in Cleveland. I saw last night that Cleveland has about a 13% chance to pull this off. Do they? They have to win three games in a row. Which had never happened before. Nobody's come back three down, three to one down, and they just won in the Warriors' home court. So this that yeah. was kind of a miracle. So they have to win two more, which is probably not going to happen. I really need this to end. The finals? Mm-hmm. Why? Is it distracting you? Yes. I've got to get back to Netflix. Are you Are you missing something? Yes. Something no. that'll be there regardless of what time you watch it. It's always available. <laughs> yeah, no. Last night, actually. Okay. I, I'm just going to have a little moment of ranting here. Who on earth invented a keychain? Because hmm. on my Apple computer, I have a keychain. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, it's, it's the program that saves your yeah. passwords. I call it a keychain. Yes. Yeah. Hate it. Why? You because, just auto-log in, you don't have to... No, well, yeah, supposedly. <laughs> so you go to a website and all of a sudden you're in, you don't have yeah. that moment where you can go, I, I don't have time for this. Have you ever seen that moment where you've got a rope or like an extension cord mm. and it somehow is so knotted up Okay. that you're like, I think I just got to throw it away Yeah. because I don't have a year to fix this. Right. That's, how, that's what my keychain looks like on my laptop. Can't even. I've got fifty things. I've got. I don't know the passwords to. Yeah, I don't use the keychain. I know. I'm trying to turn it off. I use the Google Chrome browser, and they try to have me save passwords in there. I don't save passwords in there either. I have another program. I have another program that does it. It works really well. Does anybody have a chain cutter? (laughs) I need a chain cutter. I spent my entire night wasting it watching the Cavaliers kill my Warriors and try to fix you. Fixed passwords? Yes. Mm. And apparently, sassy isn't a good enough password anymore. Sassy? Yeah. Mm. That's my password on everything. Sassy but classy? That's it. Sassy but classy, uh, 2007, when I I had my first computer. And happy birthday, Donald Trump, apparently. Yes, the sweet 70. The sweet 70. Sweet 70, they call it, which is which no. really today is more like 60, sweet 60, about 10 years, 20 years ago. Really? 70 is the new 60. Okay. Yeah. Haven't heard that. 80 is the new 70. Okay. And 90, irrelevant. Because <laughs> you're still, it's just 90. It's just 90. You're still 90. Hmm. Um, Trump on Trump basically is, is pinning this all to immigration. Mm-hmm. Hillary... Is trying to unite the troops, I guess. We need to be stronger and better. But she's kind of pinning it, I guess, to guns. Well, the Dems are. Yeah. Except in um, France, was it? A police officer stabbed as a terrorist act. And London had some stabbings as well. Right. So, but the benefit of stabbing. See, London has 
strict gun laws. Right. And so the thing that's easy to get are knives. So you're not going to have a mass 50-person stabbing death. I right. Mean, right. You're not going to have somebody that's going to be able to kill. Yeah, usually you may get one or two, but someone will jump you and Yeah. With a gun, you, you kind of can keep people at bay. So basically in this country, we have to figure out a way that people can still have their Second Amendment rights, right? And we don't have the ability to go fill, kill 50 people in a few minutes. And at the same time, address issues uh, like in rural America, guns are used yeah. in different ways than they are in the inner city right. or big metropolitan areas. Yep. There's different viewpoints when it comes to guns. So. And meanwhile, we had a guy that was under police surveillance for years, uh, for a year, who was possibly a known terrorist and yet applied for a gun and three days later was able to get his handgun. Right. So we could talk about the lists, right? Like, you know, if you are – if you've ever been investigated by the FBI, we you may, maybe you ought not get a gun. But then – Certain people are going to panic. But then there's innocent until proven guilty, right? right? So if you're just investigated and they don't come away with anything, why should they take it away from (sighs) you? This problem – and you have huge lobbyists and the NRA that won't have any of this. I saw yesterday Smith & Wesson, their stocks went up 6%. Oh, man. That's just (laughs) horrible. 50 dead and your stock goes up. Because people feel as if this is going to lead to more legislation, so get your guns before. Well, yeah, yeah. The problem is it leads apparently to just threats of legislation and then nothing happens. And the Democrats would say that's Paul Ryan and then them conservatives. Let's listen to this on the House floor last night. It's clip nine. This happened. You have Paul Ryan asking for a moment of silence and then the Democrats come in afterwards. The chair asks that the House now observe a moment of silence in memory of the victims of the terrorist attack in Orlando. Order, without objection, five-minute voting will continue. The unfinished business is on the vote and the motion of the gentleman from Illinois, Mr. LaHood, to suspend the rules and pass H.R. 5312, unamended, on which the yeas and nays are ordered. The clerk will report the title of the bill. So they're trying to do some procedural things. They're reading this other bill. It has nothing to do with the gun control or anything. Hey, come on. Everybody sit down. Is the gentleman stating a parliamentary inquiry? Yes, Mr. Speaker. This is James Clyburn from South Carolina. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. I am really concerned that we have just today uh, have a moment of silence and... Later this week, the 17th. Is the gentleman stating a parliamentary inquiry? Yes. Mr. Speaker, I am particularly interested about three pieces of legislation that have been filed in response to The gentleman is not sitting a parliamentary inquiry. The gentleman is not sitting a parliamentary inquiry. The the clerk will report the title of the bill. So, James Clyburn, there's three pieces of legislation that were put in in response to what happened in Orlando. They weren't going to be addressed, they, and the Democrats were basically asking why. And why aren't we addressing the legislation? Paul Ryan just gavels them into order because there's parliamentary procedure. Right. And so instead of addressing the issue, he just said, quiet, we're doing something else. Next. And move on because that's not how 
whatever the process is. But the, other, the the thing is the Democrats are like, we have moments of silence after every single one of these shootings. Yeah, yeah. And then we do nothing about it. We have a moment of silence and then we pass a telecom bill, as they mm-hmm. were talking about. <laughs> right. And not pass a, any legislation on – you know, gun control or even sort. have a discussion or uh-huh. address something or do any any sort of come to a middle. There's no conversation at all about doing anything. And right. That's really what they're addressing. Holy cow. Meanwhile. So, and what is the president to do? His, ha- his hands are kind of tied because Congress is controlled by the Republicans. Isn't this weird? So and yet he's got the biggest stage and platform in the country. And so maybe we just. Try something different this time. Barack, Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. picnic at the White House. Ooh, a picnic. And we're going to sit down and we're going to figure out a way. Oh, and the, the leaders of the NRA, of course, well, yeah. who will be represented by McConnell and <laughs> Ryan. Everybody's got to just sit down. You just got to sit down, have a root beer, and figure something out. There, there are answers, folks, but we can't stay entrenched like we are. It's, it's interesting. We just leave ourselves handcuffed, quite literally, while people are stuck in a building with a shooter for minutes, for a half hour, hiding from a shooter. And that shooter has so much time to just get through and one by one just keep picking people off. And we're going to fight about your fear of having a gun when you've already got your gun, can't we just put in some legislation about somebody that's on a terrorist list maybe not getting a gun? It just seems basic. Hmm, must be missing some. We'll take a break, folks. When we come back, we're talking gorillas. Actually, Harambe, do you remember the whole story at the uh, Cincinnati Zoo? And uh, we're going to be talking to somebody who, who wants us to look a little deeper into the whole situation of that gorilla, that child, and the death of the gorilla. There's other people that were also hurt by the whole thing. And it might be good that we look at it if we're going to uh, have zoos. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. It really is a, uh, a crazy, crazy time. And to me, it's probably not as crazy, really, as it is just life in action. I and mean, when you think about the stories that we cover here, especially in, in the recent year or a few uh, weeks or so, was the, the gorilla shooting um, and remember the whole chaos around the the shooting of uh, and having to take the life of, of a gorilla because a child fell into the enclosure. And then we got into the whole story about the police were investigating. Maybe the mother needed to be uh, disciplined some way um, because how do you let your child slip through the cracks like that? And then I've been talking to a lot of other uh, people just on the side, uh, mommy bloggers and and the like that are that can't believe you're questioning a mother who's doing everything she can to just keep her family afloat. And so, anyway, it's a, there's a lot. There's a lot that uh, that we've got to work on, and a lot that we need to to figure out. 
And then it kind of is all put in a different perspective when we get to a point where we have a, um, a mass shooting and our priorities are reshuffled. So how do we prioritize these things? How do we prioritize, you know, the situation where a boy's life could be killed by a gorilla, the gorilla's life is taken, major backlash because of the death of a gorilla, and then 50 people die in a shooting. And sometimes I feel like the people that care so much about the gorilla don't necessarily care or don't care as much about um, the, the mother whose boy was about to be killed. Um, and do any of those people mourn with the 50 who lost their family members? It's, we've become maybe so disjointed in our country that do we not see the pain of others and do we just kind of have our, our pet pains and our pet peeves that we love to chase and we love to focus on and we don't end up, you know, being able to – we're not able to be empathic and caring about other people's situations? Ask yourself the question. Do you, do you just try to ignore the pain of what happened to these 50 people and instead just try to protect one part of your existence. Um, I heard somebody the other day uh, talk about identity and the fact that, you know, a lot of us reach our identity, create our identity by what we do, by what we have, by what we are. And, you know, some of us if you think of 50 people that are in a gay uh, dancing club, the whole story ended up becoming about a gay dancing club. But their whole identity was not gay. Uh, their whole identity is not Muslim. Somebody's entire identity is not even being – it's not being an American. It's not being a male. It's not being a female. It's just part of who we are. Our identity should not be the fact that we have guns and that we're – even our identity should not be the fact that we are free to have guns. Are we not so much more than that? We are – our identity should not be that we are an American alone, right? But yet as humans, our tendency is to grab these ideas – these things that we think make us so unique, so special, and we form our entire identity around that. Our identity should not be that we're a Democrat or that we're a Republican. My entire identity should not fall on the fact that I'm LDS. I'm a Mormon. What? It shouldn't. Our identity is so much deeper and it's so much bigger than that. And the reality is if we strip all of these labels and titles off of all of us and like Auschwitz strip us down to nakedness and put us in a camp, your identity is nothing you claim to be. So then what are you? Now what are you going to be? When you have no clothes, you have no car, you're no longer a lawyer in Auschwitz. You have no identity other than human. And even that you may question. I mean, the people holding you captive are. 
So it might be a great time for a wake-up call here in America where we really evaluate what we're about. We can fight all we want, and just that's what's so great about being human is I can take any position I need to take, and I can make it sound like it's sensible. Whether it's immigration where, see, if we didn't have people in this country from other countries, this wouldn't happen. Okay. Not the point. Not the point. When it comes down to it still, we are human beings on this great big ball of mud, um, and we will eventually die just as a human. And by the time you're dead, most other of your labels will be stripped, and you will be buried. So if we're going to cut through any of this, we're going to have to find a way to – to maybe set our labels, our identities aside and try to understand what we have collectively in common. If it can happen that a man gets so disgusted by um, actions of a, of a group of people that he could go in and shoot 50 of them or 100 of them and kill 50 of them, What would stop a person that's just as deranged from going to the neighborhood church like we saw in South Carolina and doing the exact same thing? Or how about the person that never got to go to school or college and goes to a college like we saw in Oregon and shoots people, let's say? Or somebody that just doesn't like Wall Street and goes and shoots up Wall Street, or, hey, blows up Wall Street. <sighs> There's a point, isn't there? Now, I'm preaching to the choir, because I know you aren't going to do that. But people are. And some people are so off course that they are that dangerous And what we're finding in a lot of these stories that we have in common is that people knew about it, right? The San Bernardino shooters, neighbors, knew that there was weird stuff going on over there, but they didn't want to say anything because they didn't want to be perceived, titled, labeled racist. They didn't want to be perceived as racist. (sighs) So they don't say anything. We're so worried about our label identity that we're probably forgetting the deeper issue, that we're all just brothers and sisters on a great big ball of mud. And at some point, we need to start acting like it, treating people like a brother and a sister, and not be so self-centric that we don't report things that need to be reported, and that we don't love people that just need to be loved, and that we don't turn things into a me-against-you We're one war away, one war away, one major international catastrophe away from everybody just being vulnerable and naked. Then we'll all we'll all look alike. Stick with us, folks. We'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We were going to have uh, an expert on about Harambe the gorilla, and uh, he, you know, he's, you know, tending to his own issues. We're looking for him, but it doesn't look like we'll be able to get him on the show today. We'll, we'll come back and talk about that. One of the big points that uh, we were going to discuss is the fact there is somebody that was seriously impacted by having to shoot the gorilla. And it's the it's the trainer that took care of this gorilla. Um, and and anyway, he brings up a lot of great questions, and uh, we will get him back on. I mean, it's a I thought it was a really interesting issue. We've also got to go through um, so many of the the things that are being said uh, in our political race. Um, Donald and uh, Hillary are trying to figure out how to approach such a such a crazy. Um, time and and this seems like a, a great opportunity for a leader to emerge, right? And many it seems like are thinking Donald's just this loose cannon that you never know what's going to what he's going to say. And many believe it sounds like Hillary is just too she's just too coordinated. She's too everything seems too clean and not real. I heard a huge debate about that uh, yesterday. So let's get to a few of the the, the headlines, and let, let's let you listen to what our leaders feel uh, are the answers. Here's uh, Donald's view about what we need to do with what happened in Orlando. The only reason the killer was in America in the first place was because we allowed his family to come here. If we don't get tough and if we don't get smart and fast, we're not going to have our country anymore. Hmm. So was this was this guy, his family immigrated, uh, but they immigrated legally, right? Through legal channels. Yes. And they didn't sneak across the border. They didn't sneak across the border. They were they were legal immigrants, which I thought Donald's great, great, great grandpa was a legal immigrant. He was. But he was, I guess, from like Germany. Yeah. Oh, so he so that is that would have been that we'd want that. Or is Donald saying we should have no immigration from any other country and and make that's sure ho- that's hostile towards the United States. Right, like Cuba <laughs> or okay. Um but but he's okay with um, um is he okay with a Muslim going through Germany? To get into the United States legally? Probably not. Okay. Weird. Um, did you hear the police chief in New York said that about 1,000 police officers on the New York PD are Muslim? Yes. And many of them, he said ironically, are guarding Trump Towers. They are. <laughs> <laughs> that poor guy. Um, he said this last time, the, the police chief in uh, New York said this last time also when Trump came out with these with his first time mentioning the the Muslim ban right or, excuse me the temporary Muslim ban yeah and he said that we'd have you know we can't do this you know, we, these people help uh, they come into this country they become you know citizens they, they try to help out the situation and you're you're singling out because of a few you're trying to do this vast thing across the entire group of people and that just won't work right and then he mentions how many are you know, in uniform for the New York City Police Department. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is let's be real here, folks. Um, the Muslims aren't doing this. 
right? So members, extreme members that are radicalized, fundamentalist usually, and is so th- those are the three words that President Obama struggles to say and Donald mm-hmm. Trump says has to be said. Islamic, right. radical Islamic fundamentalist. Um, and that's what he's pushing on. Except, again, there's it's only a small percentage, just like uh, one of the great uh, analogies we heard from one of our experts many uh, months ago. The KKK would uh, – they would be called extreme fundamentalist Christians mm-hmm. or the KKK. Right. Right? Or, you know – so – why associate it with Christianity? Well, because they believe, but they're not – they're acting in their extreme, not in their religion. Yeah. These aren't crusaders from the, the 14th century or whatever that are motivated by their religion, to, by Christianity to do this. They're, right. they're believers, but they do something that's against, I guess, contrary to their belief, I guess. Right. And, and radical Islam, Trump says, just doesn't jive with they Western They enslave values. women. And they murder gays. I don't want them in our country. Okay. Um, All those in favor of not having people that enslave women and persecute gays say I. And that would be most people. Most people, yes. But he's he's targeting – he's calling – again, radical Islam. Nobody wants terroristic, threatening, anti-women, anti-gay people in the country. But most Islamic people, most Muslims aren't that way. Now what they're finding out is that uh, he, the shooter, was – he made the 911 phone call, we found out. That he called in and he like pledged his allegiance to ISIS. But in that phone call, he also – called the the Zarnerov boys of Boston. He called them his homeboys. (laughs) And he kind of said he's doing this kind of in in memory of them. And then the cops are confused because the Boston bombers weren't associated with any sort of terrorist group. Right. They tried. They they went and looked. The the boys, they they, they were looking at things. That's where they got the idea for their bomb. But the police couldn't find the connection where – the terrorist group told them what to do. And so putting yourself with them, they're not with ISIS, no, right? No, he, 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 he affiliated himself with other terrorist groups and then you, he mentioned that are a, opposing each other. He mentioned two other groups. He, Hezbollah, they're yeah. against ISIS, but they're a terrorist group. And, right. and he associated with them at one point. And there's Al-Nusra, which is another one. Yeah. And he's all these different references that have nothing to do with ISIS. But then he So do you know what this all has ISIS. in common? So it, it, let's just say you weren't trying to make a a tie in to terrorism hmm. and you were you and you were just going to gather the data that oh man he's all over the place it's cuz he has a mental health issue yes he's having a mental breakdown he's 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 schizophrenic he's something he's neurotic he's there's no he's lo- having a mental break yeah and so totally true uh you know, you, you can't have terrorists in the country. You also can't have people with mental breaks in the country or you're going to see situations like this, right? But we don't make it about that. We're now making it about guns. And by the way, you can't have people with mental breaks having guns. No. 
And you can't have people with mental breaks having bombs. How, how do you predict a mental break? You can't. Okay. Well, except you watch the data. And everyone around him, the people that worked with him, they were afraid of him. They didn't know what he was going to do. There seem to be indicators. Uh-huh. So, and is it easy for those people to report? Something's not right mentally. Hmm. But again, I think this is the complexity this, of humanity. The shooter was a security guard for a company that had federal contracts. He had passed multiple background yeah. checks. He'd gone through 28 hours of, of training to be a security guard. He had a gun license. He, he went through all these different checks and you know balance sort of situations and training and still he was this you know it ends up in this situation where he kills 49 or what 49 people and everyone's like well but they thought he was strange too but many are saying they couldn't do anything because he's he's muslim hmm. so it would look bad it, it would look bad it's not politically correct to fire the muslim guy We're now just tied up into a ball. Have we we are ha- like my keychain. Have we handcuffed ourselves yeah. as a society with all these different situations? That have, is it yeah. because we haven't addressed them? Is that what's uh-huh. caused the the log jam in in all the different and conflicts? Then, and then I do I do believe the political correctness. We want to we have this perception that we want to we want to look right doing stuff and as if there's a wrong too, mm-hmm. right? And then there's all the hype and hyperbole that's being spewed. And then, I don't know. I think I think it's this is this is the definition of a complex problem, and nobody is trying to solve it in a complex way. So, complex solutions need multiple multiple complexity, multiple solutions. There's not one cause, one effect. There's fifty causes and fifty effects. So you're never going to just tie it down. It's a it's a ball of string, and it takes people that are patient and can stay relatively neutral and understand that guns are playing a part. So is the economy. So are uh, you know, religious belief sets. So are mental health issues. So are policing over and under. I mean, it's... Yeah. <sighs> As you described it as the, uh, the electrical cord that's all in knots. Mm-hmm. And do you really want to just untie it or just get just a new throw one? It away. Just get a new one. Just do something different. But then we have a moment of silence, and then the complexity is a, people you know, yelling like, we've got to pass legislation, except the, that, that same mentality um, is different when the shoe's on the other foot. Yes. So If it's an issue you're, you, you you're feel strong about for? and the other side wants to change it, you're not budging either. Hmm. What does Hillary Clinton say about the whole thing? Our open diverse society is an asset in the struggle against terrorism, not a liability. It's no coincidence that hate crimes against American Muslims and mosques have tripled after Paris and San Bernardino. That's wrong, and it's also dangerous. It plays right into the terrorists' hands. Sure. There's, there's another angle. If you start coming out in a negative way or, as she said, there's hate crimes against Muslims and mosques in this country, it plays into the terrorists on the other side of the globe who go, look what they're doing. That's why they're evil. Here's Trump's idea. When I'm elected, I will suspend immigration from areas of the world where there is a proven history of terrorism against the United States, Europe, or our allies until we fully understand how to end these threats. 
After a full, impartial, and long, really long overdue security assessment, we will develop a responsible immigration policy that serves the interests and values of America. There you go. Um, any country that has a proven historical terrorist uh, attack, uh, focus on America, they're not allowed to come here. So Japan, Germany. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. 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 I mean, we but love your products. Don't get me he, wrong. He does say we will uh, – in one of the previous clips we played, he said he will have – a screening process, and when it's perfect, that's when we'll lift the ban. Okay. When so, it's a perfect system. So that will never happen. Um, but Hillary's got, got a whole other plan. Take, take the resources to intelligence. That's why I've proposed an intelligence surge to bolster our capabilities across the board with appropriate safeguards here at home. Even as we make sure our security officials get the tools they need to prevent attacks, it's essential that we stop terrorists from getting the tools they need to carry out the attacks. Yep. There's another answer. That was in response to Trump saying that to uh, because of the shooter in Orlando, we need to step up attacks uh, in Syria on ISIS because the other side of the globe is dictating what he's doing here. Yeah. When they're finding out that, yeah, he was – motivated by all that kind of stuff but he was also motivated by groups that are against isis too so uh-huh. he's not just one group so the the generals in the pentagon are like okay bombing isis doesn't stop someone in orlando no nope. it's not a direct correlation he goes apples and oranges here and this that, is the guy running for president and he's telling us that this is what we do and this fixes the problem banning guns today won't fix it either no yeah, I mean, and that's what Hillary Clinton is. She, I don't know if she's actually come out and said no. that, but she'll get there. Well, and that's her people where, are right. Yeah, that's where that goes. And um, that the complex issue. We are now. This is this is going to be the one. This is going to be the issue that breaks America's back if we don't fix it. Because this is what's de- what it's demanding is a completely different level of collaboration mm-hmm. that our system right now is not designed to create. We're in a system that is competitive, not cooperative. And you have a solution that demands cooperation. And it's not – so it's going to just keep tweaking, twisting, twisting, twisting until you'll hear a pop. And then everyone will relax because your back's broken. <laughs> and then you can untangle it. I really believe that. It's, it's, and that sounds like ominous, but it, you, it demands an open system. That's collaborative and communicative, and that's not what we have. We have a very closed, bifurcated, competitive system where we can't negotiate. And we're, I, think, I think our negotiators, our legislators are framed in, walled in, immovable by, their, by the, the companies behind them, the money behind them. The need for re-election. Uh-huh. The fears. So – and there's not a leader. You can't lead. One leader can't solve this. That's why Paul Ryan didn't want the job that he has right That's now. That's right. It's a it's a mess. And I really think we can e- we could easily fix it. We just need about ten people that people respect to to, to change something. And I don't think 
I mean, I don't think it will get better with a Donald Trump. I don't think it would get better with a Hillary Clinton. Those are no. very much going to just either you know generate a whole new backlash or generate the same old, same old. So I don't know what you do. This is to me. This is what I when I go into corporate America and we do consulting. This is a, this is a pretty obvious kind of problem. Companies get stuck like this all the time, but it's an easier system to move, right? Because it's not the size of a country. Yeah, and then and this this will make it worse because now there's so much sadness and energy and pain around this, and everyone's going to jump on one solution. But the tighter they pull that one solution, the tighter this knot gets. Right. And then on the other side, they're pulling the other one. And so once you're pulling gun control and immigration and and prejudice and bias and all of these different things, this thing gets into a knot that is way hard to undo. Then you got to get the scissors out. Mm. You just start cutting the hair. Just got to cut the hair. That knot's too tight. <laughs> Tough stuff. We'll take a break, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. The Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1 855 Chat BYU. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, hour number two of the show. This is the place where we give you the tools, the information you need to live healthier, happier lives. Top of the morning to you. And by the way, happy Flag Day. Mm-hmm. Doesn't this remind you of the Olympics? I don't know why. Just winning all these medals. It's Flag Day, folks. And, uh, you know, we celebrate the 4th of July has become an all-around celebration uh, of the U.S. life. Flag Day has kept more of a local character with traditions rooted in the township or county, the city, or the state capital. We have flags lining our streets, and it's pretty cool. It's where the scouts earn their keep putting up flags nothing better i've got uh, a bunch of boy scouts in my house and that usually means mornings early mornings hammering stakes in the ground and putting flags up this sounds so much more noble with this music in the background yes mm. many thanks to betsy ross and her older versions of old glory if that's your story you're going with <laughs> it's cool flag day which sure beats you know, any other day we could have today. Normally we're talking about, you know, clumsy kitchen day. Yeah. Flag day is a lot better. Or, or some pastry that has a day for some reason. Yeah. Which is just an excuse for you to talk about how much you love random pastries. Mm, pastries. Uh, really quickly before we get to the news, did I tell you? So I'm, I've been spending a lot of time with Wasden lately. Ben. Ben? Yeah. Mm. How's that going? Well, it's been a bonding experience. Uh, I know you had kind of invited me into this situation. I'm like, I have work to do. We have a 10-minute meeting every day. If you guys just want to shoot the breeze together, great. You know what? There's not a lot of breeze shooting. <laughs> but I got worried the other day. I sat down. I went to his, his work area. Hmm. 
Normally, we meet in your work area, my work area, and slash sleep area, slash sleep slash bedroom. Hmm. We call it. And I went to his work area, and amazingly, okay. So, did he tell you he went to Costco the other day? No, really. He went to Costco and he bought a forty-ounce bottle of Germex. You know, like that. Oh, that antibacterial hand hand sanitizer. There you go. Yeah, forty ounces. So it's a, it's, I mean, a lot. it's a lot of hand cleanser. Yeah, in some places that's a controlled substance, and he could totally. be using it for other either hey, reasons. But here's the deal: so I go to his desk, and sitting there is the forty ounce bottle of Germex. Mm. Two thirds of it's gone already. Yeah. Wow. So he either really overuses, or he consumes it. I don't know. And I are you him. consuming? See, sometimes I come to work and I've forgotten to take a shower. He feels dirty. Whoa. And that's the I, best way I can think I of to – don't think that's the use of that product. No, it's not. It probably says something on the bottle of not to do You're that. You're not supposed to ingest it either. Yeah. Well, I'm not ingesting it. I'm just rubbing it all over my body. Uh, excuse me, but I did have one of your coworkers say they heard a weird slurping sound and they looked over and you were sucking on the Germex – Hand spout? The, and dis- yeah. The dispenser? That's gross. It was really weird. Like, I lost my sight for a couple of seconds. <laughs> You're lucky that's all you lost. Temporary blindness. It says right on the bottom. Don't do it. So It's a side effect. Anyway, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think I'm going to cancel these meetings. They're, they're kind of weirding me out. Or just take them back to your office where you control the environment. Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. I'll just cancel them. Okay. Not a big deal. <laughs> Just a meeting. Hey, uh, we've got a great topic coming up, uh, the, the psychology of naming your baby, right? So when you're sitting there thinking, oh, we've got this new baby coming. What should we name the new baby? And and one of the names that comes up you know, in your head is something like, um, I don't know, Phineas. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's a family name. Yeah, Phineas. You can call him Finn. Finn. It's a popular name with Star Wars. You can call him Neus. Or go that way with it, whichever. Or how about Hobart? Mm, you can call him Bart. You guys, this is Hobart. What are you going to call him for short? Short Bart. No, I hate Bart. How about Ho? Bart. No, probably how, not that no, one. No, I hate that too. <laughs> how about Hobie? Hmm. Yeah, let's call him Hobie. Let's see how he handles middle school with that name. <laughs> That's one of the indicators. You have to think like a little kid. Yeah. Because on some level, little kids can be jerks, and they make fun of things that they find odd. Slide, Quintavious. Slide. Can you yell at a ball game? Take him out, Quint. What do you name? I mean, it's a big deal. So we're going to talk about the psychology. Okay. With a psychologist. Be careful, kids. That could be useful. It's all fun and game. Hey, Teddy, come here. Don't call me Teddy in front of my friends, Mom. I always knew when I got all four of my names, mm-hmm. ooh, there was bad things brewing for me. Verdon, get over here. And it was always with the back door open and yep. at the top of my mom's lungs. It's amazing. Oh, you really? can hear her across the entire neighborhood. Basketball games stopped. Everyone stares at you and goes, yeah. oh, you're in trouble. We had a kid in our neighborhood, um, and his mother would go to the door, and she'd yell, Tommy. Whoa. Come you just clipped the audio right home. there. Wow. 
and we never played with that kid. Yeah. That kid was weird. <laughs> your mommy's singing you home, Tommy. Parents, you're destroying your children. We'll get into that with uh, Susan Krauss Whitborn in a minute. But first, let's get to the headlines. Terry, what else is going on around the rest of the country? Thanks, Matt. FBI Director James Comey revealed in a Monday afternoon press conference that there are strong indications of radicalization of the Orlando nightclub shooter, Omar Mateen. However, Comey said the Mateen's radicalization likely came in some part through the Internet, as there is no indication that he had any connection to a terrorist group that led him to shoot up the nightclub. Though Mateen did pledge his support to the Islamic State during a, one of his three calls to 911. So there was three phone calls he made to 911 during this whole shooting incident. That's crazy. Comey said that officials are still unsure which terrorist group he aspired to support. He had previously praised terrorists connected to other groups, including Hezbollah, which is an enemy of ISIS. We talked about, he mentioned the two Boston brothers, the brothers in the Boston bombing case. And all kinds of weird things happening there. Also, a regular at the Pulse nightclub says he saw the man, Omar Mateen, uh, as early as Sunday in the club at least a dozen times before the mass shooting. uh, Ty Smith told told the Orlando Sentinel that sometimes he would go over in a corner, sit, and have a drink by himself. Other times he would get so drunk that he was loud and belligerent. Um, He says he didn't really talk with Mateen, but remembers him saying things about his dad at that times. He told us he had a wife and kid. The Sentinel spoke with four regulars at the nightclub who said they believe they saw Mateen at Pulse uh, during visits before Sunday's massacre. He's uh, There's a, a dating app that his face is right there. And wow. So he, he, it's, it seems like he was going to this club often. And was, was, was he scoping it out? What was he? Was, was he gay? That, that is something that is Secretly asked. gay. So is it more wow. of just rebelling against that, or so he's he, been there about twelve times before? This over th- over a week before, or over months? They're saying weeks before. Wow, interesting. And he also went to Disneyland. Oh wow! But he what went. If it happened but he there? went with his family. So they're saying it was. Uh, I've seen some reports that he was scouting Disneyland. Other places. Others saying he was just. He could have been there just with his family. So, Disneyland better be careful because I always get a little and depressed. Then at Disneyland. Disneyland put out a press release indicating all the things they do to keep everyone safe there. They don't allow even toy guns on the premises anymore. Yeah. So if kids show up in a like a um, a Woody from a Toy Story, yeah, a yeah. costume that way, no weapons. But Ben, Ben Le- did that. Leave, your, leave, your, leave your cap outfits. guns home. Am I allowed to bring my toy no. gun here? No. 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 Really? No. And leave your hand sanitizer home yeah, too. please also well, donald donald trump announced monday that the washington post has been banned from covering his events based on the incredibly inaccurate coverage and reporting of the record setting trump campaign we are hereby revoking the press credentials from the phony and dishonest washington post trump wrote on oh, facebook wow. the newspaper joins other outlets that have been banned from trump rallies including politico the huffington post and buzzfeed the washington post says they will continue to cover the trump campaign with or without access um, censoring the press. So that's his response. He doesn't like what you write. He kicks you out. Okay. And then people ask, "Is this how the president? How your presidency will be?" He says, "He said yes. It'll be worse. That was on something else." But <laughs> if, I mean, you, if that's how he's going to deal with the press, and we'll see how that goes. Oh boy, DraftKings and FanDuel. Yes, we've talked about them in the past. Oh They're yeah, online gaming websites. They allow you to do a form of gambling but it's not really 
considered gambling, but it is. That's kind of the legal situation they're in. New York has sued them. Several other states are following suit. The federal government's looking into it. Do we classify this as gaming or is it gambling? Is there a difference? Huh, you know, yeah. So the two companies, the biggest daily fantasy sports companies, are in talks about a merger, oh boy. according to people familiar with the situation. Investors in DraftKings and FanDuel, which are privately held, have been pushing for a tie-up for some time, according to the people who asked not to be identified, because that's how these stories always go. <laughs> the companies offer nearly identical products and spend a lot of money competing with each other. They also face the same legal challenges that threaten their businesses across the U.S. No financial transaction has been agreed upon, and the deal may still fall apart, say the people involved. At their peaks, both companies had a valuation. So it's not what they're worth. It's the value when it comes to the internet startup culture money that people get from venture capitalists of each one over a billion dollars. Oh, wow. Each company. But that was before all the legal challenges and people feel their value has dropped once you start seeing if this is considered gambling, they get regulated and it's not as lucrative. Interesting. And yet, uh, so competition's being halved. So that might, you know, that's, that's now it'll be a monopoly. Maybe. Hmm. So follow up on stories that we've done in the past. Interesting. Interesting. Did you hear, uh, talk about making money on sports, um, Eiffel Tower? Yeah. Love it. Well, who doesn't? Apparently, they're going to um, – apparently, a lot of people don't know this, but at the top of the Eiffel Tower, there is a, a secret apartment, mm. about a 1,000-square-foot apartment. And guess what? They will be – Sounds like a scene from National Treasure, except exactly. the more international treasure. Exactly. International treasure. They're having a contest to see um, it, who can win access to to stay in the apartment, and they'll be giving away four – Different uh, sets of tickets so that those people can, during the soccer tournament. That's ongoing. Euro 2016 right now, four people will be able to, they'll win the contest and then they'll be able to stay the night in at the top of the Eiffel Tower. And that's great until the elevator goes out and it turns up into what, a 97 floor walk up. Yes. And it just so happens that we happen to have a video. Hmm. Of what it feels like, of of the video of getting on the elevator in the Eiffel Tower. Just a ride up on the elevator. I like the music. Yeah, the music's good. Would there be other people on this elevator? Nope. Just you? Just us. Okay. I almost don't want to get off. It's good music. I like it. It's a long ride, though. It's a tall tower. Well, we can't watch the whole thing. No. And the people are just standing there. about 20 more minutes. Let's just... um, It's an old elevator. Let's just... Let's just... We'll, let's just cut away, and we'll come back to it, and um, we'll just cut back. We'll just check into it. And we'll just see if, you know... Because it'd be fun to be there when we get to the top. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I want to see, like... I want to be... I want to watch the video when the door is open. All right. And we'll just see. It's a long ride. But uh, apparently, it's just a competition. It opens Thursday for a chance to stay in the famous monument, which provides panoramic views onto the Arc de Triomphe. Yes. And the Sacre Coeur. 
My French is really gone. Yeah. Um, but anyway, one thing that you do notice when you uh, – we'll, we'll post some pictures of this great little apartment on our uh, Twitter page. But one problem with it is there's windows all around it, but there's a bunch of people looking in the windows at you. So then you feel oh. back to that. Now you feel like Harambe. The so gorilla. you're kind of in the center of the tourist attraction. Yeah. Hmm. So you got to be careful. Yeah. And I don't know if there's a bathroom up there. I mean, because the, the hmm. I think that. Yeah. Plumbing would be an issue. Yeah, plumbing would be an issue. And it's not, you know, so you'd have to take that elevator, right? Let's can we just check back in on the elevator and um, let's just see. What it would feel like if you had to go back down to go to the bathroom. Yep. It's the same. Hmm. It's the same song. Do you think they have a playlist? Could you I doubt it. make requests? I don't know that the elevator gets used a lot. Hmm. I mean, it does. There's another one, I guess, for the other people. The peasants. Yeah, it's the same elevator. We'll, we'll come back. We'll uh, check it out, see if we can... Also, we're going to look into it, see if there's a bathroom for those of you that are wanting to be a part of this competition. It's a cozy, paisley, paisley covered wallpaper, wood furniture, oil paintings. You got me at the paisley. (laughs) He loves himself some paisley print. Uh, Anyway, interesting stuff, folks. If you want to be a part of it, uh, just look online. Better hurry. There's only four people that get a shot at that. That would be fun, though. It's a great place to propose, Ben. Ah, if only you had a girlfriend. And about 10 grand to get there and have a great weekend. Anyway, dreamer. We'll take a break uh, and be coming back talking about the surprising psychology of baby names. It's pretty complicated in how we choose our children's names and why. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, so what is in a name? You know, for new parents, the name means a whole lot of stress. You got to name your kid, right? And will they love their name or hate their name? Will their name, you know, be be held up and, and you know, motivate them to become something more? Is it the right name? Is there a right name? Is it the right fit? Should you pick your your baby's name, uh, you know, a gender neutral name so they seem inclusive? There's a lot of uh, thought that goes into naming your baby. And here to talk about the surprising psychology behind naming our babies is uh, one of our contributors we love to have on the show, Dr. Susan Krauss Whitborn. She is currently a professor of psychological and brain sciences at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, also is a... Um, a writer for Psychology Today, uh, Susan Krauss Whitborn. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Matt. It's nice to be back. Great to have you back. This naming of a baby is a big deal. I mean, we always make jokes about it, but I, I mean, you don't. Uh, this goes on forever. This kid's going to carry this name forever. That's right, unless uh, the kid decides they've <laughs> they've had enough of it and uh, wants to switch, which uh, you know presents its own set of issues. Well, and, and so the fears we have as parents about the naming—I mean, it seems like some people think a lot more about it than others. 
Absolutely. Uh, and for some, it's sort of automatic. It's been decided years ago that this would be the name and somebody's being honored by that name or it's just a favorite name of one of the parents. Um, and uh, hopefully they've given it enough thought so that it's a name that isn't going to make the poor kid's life miserable. <laughs> And you know what? As if everything else isn't going to be hard for the kid anyway, just growing up and being a you know a 14-year-old boy or girl, um, the last thing you want is a name that will get you beat up. Yeah, it's surprising really when you think about it, just why we place so much value on names. Yeah. Um, but also na- parents tend to, whether consciously or not, um, give their child a name which will then have – implications for the way they're regarded in terms of their gender Um, because uh, female names and male names, which is what I wrote the uh, blog about, um, actually differ in the way they're pronounced which then has connotations for gender roles. So you're, you start to gender stereotype your child inadvertently um, by giving them a, a feminine or masculine name. Interesting. Yeah, like a guy named Ashley Mm-hmm. Or something like that. May it, it, it no matter what happens, it's still there's still a culture you're dealing with, right? There's still context in which the name is being used that is going to become part of every you know every interaction. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if everybody used gender neutral names, right? And then we wouldn't have this what I would consider somewhat of a problem, um, just because you're kind of already being identified before you even do anything um, as masculine or feminine. And it's just because of the way that we um, associate different sounds with, you know, hard as male, soft as female. Hmm. Why don't we just go with numbers? If everyone just had a number. Oh, they do that in prison, I think. Yeah. We'd probably figure out a way to, uh, <laughs> to ruin make that. meaning out of that. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. What are some other issues that uh, parents run into that make this so difficult? Well, uh, aside from gender, which is what I focus the blog about, I mean, there is this um, factor of how unusual the name is and um, kind of what the connotations are. Um, And, you know, this is where it becomes such a challenge because you have no idea what this kid is going to be like and you're trying to find a name that's going to match. Now, if you want to hedge your bets, you give the child a good middle name as well as a good first name, and then the child has an option. Um, I've always been bemused by people who go by their middle name. I just think it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, what was wrong with their first <laughs> you know, initial? I mean, it sounds kind of distinguished in a way, um, F. Scott Fitzgerald. You know? Right, right. Um, B. F. Skinner, that was not, well, he just went by his two initials, and then everybody called him Fred. So <laughs> it's instead of Burris. Yeah. Actual name. So, yeah, I mean, you want to really, you know, you come become paralyzed with indecision um, when you're picking a child's name. But um, you want to give it just some thought. How different do you want it to be from those of other children of the same uh, birth cohort? Um, How much do you want to honor somebody with the name? Um, And what are your own associations to that name? Hmm. How does it make you feel? It's it's funny. We named a child, one of our children, um, Britton, after uh, – it wasn't after it, but we heard the name from a basketball player that was a yeah. local basketball player here. And now it's um, it's weird because we now – we kind of know this player as an adult and 
our children are all older and it's but it's almost like our son is now associated with this pl- this person that he never knew and it's, well, it's 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 great. I mean, it's it, he's a good person. It's a good association. It's yeah. just it it it's different than when we you know we we name we put middle names after our our parents, and mm-hmm. th- that's kind of a neat association too. So there is a way to 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 but to create meaning is really what we're doing, right? This is about meaning making. It is. It really is. And um, it it you know again we can become paralyzed by indecision yeah. about this, um, but. The more you think about it, really, the better it is, because you can explore all those associations. Um, like, I got a wrong number one time when I was pregnant with my first, my older daughter, and uh, it was a, someone named Stacia they were looking for, and hmm. I thought, oh, Stacy, that's a nice name. Yeah. And I don't know, it just popped into my head, and it was so random, but now, luckily, she likes that name. <laughs> it's stuck. It's stuck with you. It's and it actually fits her personality, you know, perfectly. Um, and it has the added benefit of being gender neutral. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about this? It's so interesting, too, that um, it seems like some parents are thinking about the child when they're doing this. Mm-hmm. And some are thinking about themselves like mm-hmm. they're just trying to they're trying to differentiate themselves. So they might they, they might want to name their their child Stacy, but then they've got to decide how they're going to spell it. Yes, and right. is it going to be IE? Is it going to be yeah, EY? Right. Is it just going to be Y? And it's uh, there's there's a difference it seems like between you know using the name Stacy and saying Stacy versus spelling it and then having mm-hmm. someone say it. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, it seems like you might not want to have a name I don't know that every single time they call uh-huh. you up <laughs> they pronounce it wrong and you have to have a you have to always start every interaction with a correction. You know, not, that, not necessarily, but potentially. But that actually, that's I, I kind of like that idea. Then that um, it be, it sets you <laughs> apart. An explanation, yeah, um, and it does set you apart. Uh, but then there are parents who want to uh, promote a certain initial. Um, and actually, I did like the fact that her the first initial was an S. <laughs> yeah, in my yeah. name, and then it also makes it easier when you think about handing things down. To your oh, yeah. Or, on the other hand, they take stuff of yours because it starts with the same initial. <laughs> That's right. I, I really like that locket, Mom. It's got an S on it. That's right. <laughs> Can I take the towels, Mom? You're not going to need them. That's right. Um, That's they right. do have S's on them. Well, it, it's interesting. It, one of the things I, I uh, was fascinated about is this um, this idea that you get get into uh, phonemes. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Uh-huh. Talk about that with us. Uh, you've, you've started a bit, but, but get, in, get into the phonemes. Okay, so first you have to practice saying this and that, um, and, or thin. So you put your finger on your Adam's apple, and if you can feel a vibration, it means it's voiced. And if you can't, then it's unvoiced. So um, thin, thin. Is unvoiced. Yeah. I'm sorry, I said it wrong. And this is voiced. This. Okay. So some people in reading that blog said they couldn't tell the difference at all, but, um, <laughs> but but that's one easy way. So then you look at the voiced phonemes, and the names that start with the voiced phoneme <clears throat> are thought of as harder, which then has masculine implications because mm. men are hard, women are soft. Sure. So it turns out that's how names are organized, um, and so by following that rule, you're providing a gender stereotype for your child without thinking about it. So it's not so a gender neutral name 
is best in a way. Um, but apart from that, you might want to think about, do you want to conform or do you want to, um, you know, break out against um, the gender stereotypes that we, we impose on people? Interesting. So if you and that's so subtle, right? So that's just mm-hmm. that's that's almost I guess that's the harshness, the hardness mm-hmm. of how the sound is is made around the name. Yeah. And even if they made up names that weren't actual names, but gave them these characteristics, people tend to associate the hard ones with men and the soft ones with women. Give, give me some examples of some voiced names of females. Oh, OK. Um uh-huh. Um, it's a little curveball. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, I think I mentioned... Uh, is Olga. Olga. Olga would be voiced. Yeah, that's voiced. So that's so that's so that that seems harsher. Uh-huh, it does. Um, and uh, it's funny because the authors of the study were Michael, which is voiced, and Adam, which is voiced, So, and they conform to their own stereotypes. Um, but uh, Timothy, Rachel also doesn't follow that rule. Um, Timothy uh, does not. So, you know, you can look at exceptions all around, but um, the best way to tell is put your finger on your Adam's apple <laughs> and see if it vibrates or not. And if you don't have a good vibrating Adam's apple, find somebody who does. And then if you're really desperate, um, you can just run through a bunch of baby names. I think that's what I did when I was reading the study. Yeah. I just started looking at names of babies and playing around with it, and it was fascinating. Okay, so, so test, test this because I'm not sure how my Adam's apple is performing today. Ben, is Ben, is ben a voice name or a? Unvoiced. Unvoiced. So it's a, it's a softer name. Yep. How about Matt. Oh, Matt. Oh, you're so voiced, it's not even funny. <laughs> you're so right, Susan. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that no. – it's, but it's such a subtle little idea, isn't it? And – but the research is showing that this – just the simple voicing of the name – or, I mean, the simple uh, kind of, I guess, tone, vibration that comes off tends to categorize it in our minds as, as strong or as softer. That's right. That's right. It's interesting. Um, And there's a whole other angle to it as well, which is um, another study has shown an sort of implicit egotism, it's called, that you tend to drift towards occupations and even places to live that uh, are kind of where your name resonates. Oh. So Dennis becomes a dentist. Yeah. Matt becomes a doormat. Oh, I get it. No, I get it, Susan. Let's take a break, Susan. We'll come back and make more sense of the naming of our children. Susan Krauss Whitborn is joining us, and uh, she really she's uh, she's a professor. She's she's uh, an author. She's everywhere. She's authored over 160 refereed articles and book chapters, and 16 books. We'll take a break more with Susan Krauss Whitborn when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Show. Today we are talking about uh, your children and naming children. Uh, it really is a very stressful moment for parents to figure out 
what name you are going to hang on your child for their lifetime. And again, they can change their names if they want to, or, you know, uh, some just make up their own names. We have a son, this Briton I was talking about, cutest kid in the world, a high schooler, but all of his friends call him Bobo. So it almost didn't even matter that we stressed about what we were going to call him because now he's Bobo. All of the parents know him as Bobo. Someday when he runs for president, it will be President Bobo Townsend. (sighs) Bobo. I was pretty sure that was a clown or a monkey. But um, they may end up choosing their own name in the end. But joining us is uh, Dr. Susan Krauss-Whitborn. Susan Krauss-Whitborn is currently a professor of psychological and brain sciences at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. She's the author of over 160 refereed articles and, uh, and book chapters and 16 books, many in multiple editions and translations. She um, also uh, – her most popular or recent popular work is The Search for Fulfillment that was released in 2010. It's, uh, it's great to have you back with us, Susan Krauss-Whitborn. Thanks again. Thanks, Matt. Uh, sorry I interrupted you there earlier. <laughs> no, no, no. You're fine. But, but no, Bozo's the clown, I think. Oh, Bozo, Bozo is a clown. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Bobo, I don't know who Bobo is. I don't know. It's, it's my cute, son. Though. Yeah. It's cute. It's cute and it's his it's his name, you know. And what's cool though is about this it does become our identity, right? This is It does. It really does. And it matters like they they say that you know, when somebody says your name psychologically, it creates a response in you that they know your name, that they're connected to you that way. Um Talk about what else we know when it comes to names and the parents. What does the naming mean about the parent? Well, you're projecting your kind of wishes and hopes and onto your child, uh, maybe a part of your own identity. As I said before, if you're uh, using similar initials or um, yeah, people, or you're the same name as yourself. That's what some people do. Yeah. I've been at reception at uh, family gatherings where almost everybody there is called Sue. <laughs> And then I'm Sue, so that actually, and I'm not even part of their family. It doesn't so. work. There's too many Sues. <laughs> there's Sue Senior, Sue Junior, there's Aunt Sue, there's the whole Sue yeah. of them. But everybody used that name. So, I mean, that's where people project their own identities onto their child quite li- literally. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Right. It's just interesting. It, it, it's always, um, I, I couldn't do it. I named my second, my first son, my second child, we named um, Jacob Matthew after me. But I, I had a hard time wanting to put his name so that we'd, I, I don't know. I didn't want to project me onto him either. I thought that would, that might ruin him. Well, the inserting it in the middle, though, you know, it wasn't, you know. So he can idea. use it, you know, he can drop it if he needs to. That's right. But he probably won't want to. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's a great thing is about family traditions. Uh, not only does it simplify life <laughs> yeah. a lot um, because you decided, although it may be the name of one parent's parent and not the other. So what do you do about that? Right. And one parent is being continued on and not the other. So, so that's, then true. that's why some people will opt for a completely different name or one that may be a slightly reminiscent. Or then there's the last name. We haven't even talked about that. Yeah. And what goes with the last name? So um, I don't think there's any research at all on this, but I am quite fascinated by initials and the initials that your name will huh. form. Yeah. 
Um, my so. again, I I I think I've picked a bad. Uh, my initials are M T. Yeah. Which okay. doesn't that just mean empty? Oh, but what's your middle name? M M T. Oh, see, that's strong. Hmm. <laughs> mm. uh, you know, it's it, people with last names that begin with a vowel. Um, it, it's you know, it's it's kind of interesting because there's so many words, three-letter words you can form that end in a vowel. So I actually think it's just as important for parents to put initials together and see what that does. Hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. Uh, I agree because I one of my children uh, is named Sarah, and she goes by Sarah Townsend Davies, and her so her initials are STD. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that went that went totally sideways. <laughs> that was, but again, you don't think that through. She could drop the T. She could, yeah. she, and so she only uses it on special occasions. Yeah, but. It's. I guess that's a that's an interesting thing. And there was an article. I don't know if you saw the article that came out that um, they might start. Many people are thinking of hyphenating their name with their wife, so yeah. that so and even the men are going to hyphenate their name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and share this anyway. last name. Yeah, um, I mean that people. I thought it, the trend was reversing. Um, there was that trend, then there wasn't that trend. Maybe it's coming back now mm-hmm. uh, with the couple hyphenating their name. And, you know, then the question becomes what happens when that person gets married and then you've got 16 names yeah. for yourself. Yeah. For the genealogists in the world, we're really complicating their lives. We might yeah. actually be making them easier. I think easier. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's true, huh? Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a – and then – but people can play around with all sorts of options, which is what's kind of nice um, about the way things are now is that we do seem to be more conscious of the psychological meaning of a name and the symbolic value of taking on your partner's name or not or or the hyphenating, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, so it, it that's where um, we're opening up some options, which I think can help people feel better. What, what do you think, um, just I'm sure in all of your studies you've seen something, These the couples that divorce and uh, the mother, I, I've always found it really almost noble that uh, a mother that – that has divorced her husband, but still has her children, and those the children carry the husband's name, and the mother keeps that name. Mm-hmm. And there's talk just about it psychologically, because this name it makes us it, it almost is a membership to our group, right? It's a it's an identifier, it's a label, and it seems like you know it's good for children to have. To, to be able to feel proud of their name, their first and their last name, and have it mm-hmm. – it's its part of their identity. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, that is – but it's hard to take change a child's last name, though, too, after yeah. – in that example. Right. Um, so, it, I mean, it, it probably reflects, though, some feelings of friendship that – parents have towards each other, even though they're not together anymore. Yeah, respect, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, which is ultimately probably good for the child. I'm, you know, I'm going to not take your name away. Right. We're going to keep that because there still is that bond. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting thing because you wouldn't think names would play such a big deal, but they obviously do because we're so stressed when we have to name someone. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a good sign, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and then there's some that just say, "Hey, you're you're pumpkin bread," and we make up some name. 
Um, <laughs> a lot of the stars lately have just been naming their kids, you know, Apple or whatever. Blue Ivy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I that I well, I mean, it, that's probably the least of their issues that their kids are going to be dealing with. That's true. Yeah, and notoriety and the fame and Yes, it makes it very tough. Oh, wow. Well, Susan, we appreciate you. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Keep yeah. writing on psychology today as well. Will do. Great talking to we'll you. We'll have you always. back. Thank yep. you. Take right, care. Thanks. Uh, Dr. Susan Krauss Whitborn. Again, uh, you can find more information at uh, Psychology Today and many of her many articles there. Uh, just a wonderful resource to all of us. We appreciate her. We're going to take a break, come back, wrap up this second hour of the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be doing a little Coach's Corner in just a few minutes. Stick with us, doing what we can to help you live longer, love stronger, lead healthier, happier lives. We'll be right back. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions. Because life doesn't come with a handbook, you need a coach. Here's Dr. Matt and his coaching corner. Play ball! Play ball! Welcome back, folks. Hey, uh, earlier we were talking about how simply the tone that of how your name um, is, is pronounced, like uh, the phonemes they were calling it, how it comes off the tongue may come off with a, a harshness of tone, or maybe a softness of tone, which which then sends a signal to another person, the listener, that you've got a masculine name, or maybe a more a softer name, like Ben. So, you know, it's it's just tone, and it's something we don't always pay attention to, but in my world of working with couples and communication and people, tone is telling, right? Tone matters. And so I wanted to spend a little time in the coach's corner talking about our tone. And um, it's it really is, I think, a really powerful indicator of, of what somebody is actually feeling, of their emotion. Emotion is best managed and understood probably through somebody's uh, tone, more through their tone than their words. So pay attention to the tone, right? Tone, remember, is communication. When somebody says, and you can tell they're down, they're depressed, they're in the sitting on the couch, their arms are folded, they look sad, and you say, are you okay? And they're like, fine. Do you hear the tone? That means they're okay, right? <laughs> yeah, Ben, they're fine. Yeah, because sometimes, like... Kaylee yeah. and I will talk like that, and she'll say that. But she's really sad. That's but why she I, says she's okay, so I assume she's okay. Yeah, because she said, I'm okay, but her tone was like, yeah, I'm fine. Can you hear that? It's I subtle. hear, I'm fine. Okay, how about this? Yeah, I'm fine. Do you hear that? She's almost singing. Okay. Yeah, some people, some people are tone deaf. Some people can't hear it. And I appreciate Ben being honest with us today because tone, it's, it's communication, right? Tone tells the deeper story. Tone is our friend, not our foe. When somebody, oh, don't you give me that tone. Rapping. Yeah, Ben, just sit this one out because that, you might be missing the point. Uh, it's not, you know, tone. Some people just don't hear it. 
but tone does communicate communicate uh, distress and levels of stress. So here are some keys. I'm going to give you five keys to recognizing and and t- either taming your tone when you need to tame it down or recognizing another person's tone. Okay, five basic keys. Pay attention to them. Ben, take notes because you are going to need to take notes on this one. Okay. Okay. You, you, ben, don't take notes. Don't take notes. Yes, sir. Just listen with your mouth shut. Just listen. Number one, tone is um, tone is not personal. Okay. Tone is not. It's not. They're not trying to beat you up. It's not a personal thing. Tone is just a vibration that's coming from the emotion. It's the it's the real issue. So here are the tools. First, you got to read the signs of distress. Read the tones. If you hear volume getting louder, if you hear the pitch getting higher, or if you notice the pace of the conversation going faster, you got to see those signs. When you see those signs, it's telling you, pay attention to this one. (laughs) This one's a little more erratic. If they're saying things, but they're not saying, but their emotion is showing energy, but they're not communicating using words that show they're mad. For example, just listen to how often we can change the same sentence. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Same sentence, four different meanings. I didn't say that. Okay, so it wasn't you. You did not say that. I didn't say that. You really didn't say what I'm accusing you of saying. I didn't say that. Okay, you didn't speak it. Oh, you wrote it? Okay, you wrote it down on the board. Is that what you did? You didn't say it. You wrote it. I didn't say that. Okay, so you did write it. You just didn't write what I'm saying you wrote. And the only way we can make sense of those same four words, I didn't say that, is by changing our tone and our inflection, right? So we're using this all of the time. But if you hear the volume getting louder, that should tell you something. If you've noticed the pitch is getting higher, that should tell you something. If you notice it's speeding up, pay attention to it. Then be careful and soften your heart. You cannot not communicate, right? So if I react to your negative tone and I get into my negative tone, then your tone is going to bounce off of me and I'm just going to attack you. Instead, I need to absorb what you're bringing on, your tone. And I don't need to absorb it so I'm destroyed and I can't feel anything. I absorb it so I can better understand you. I want you to share with me so I can better understand you. So I have to soften my heart and allow you to allow this information into me. And instead of just taking the negative interpretation and going with it, I need, to, I need to not just run with it. I need to get myself centered, focus on what I'm trying to do with you. I'm trying to be an influence. I'm trying to help you. And if you can, alter the mood or alter the mode with how I'm going to handle this and how I'm going to adjust the mood. So if I, if I can and they're mad at me and I can see I'm not mad, just tired. Okay, I'm sorry. And I might even at times – Give them some space. But if I come back in the room five minutes later and they seem happier, then I'm going to point out you seem happier. Sometimes it's better to just quit talking and maybe find a different mode of communicating, like a letter, a text. And then change what you can in the conversation 
and realize there are certain things you can't change. But I don't have to get louder because you are. I don't have to get you know, higher screaming because you are. I don't have to run because you do. Just change the tone, the tempo, the timing. Basic stuff. But hard, isn't it? We'll take a break. Be back next hour. More fun. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here. Happy Tuesday to you. Hour number three of the program. If you've missed the earlier hours, you got to get to iTunes or tune in. Or download the BYU Radio app. Hello, those are uh, all great resources to get our podcasts. Daily podcasts published worldwide. Worldwide. Global podcastification. Just about an hour after the show ends. Yeah. And a lot of that depends on how Ben's feeling. Yeah, because I'm kind of waiting on Ben to yeah. finish his job so that I can finish my job and post the Well, podcast. sometimes I need to take my hand sanitizer bath. And and sometimes I have to go back and re-edit yeah. things because he says Okay, that's not around. completely true. And by the way, last hour. True. That's if you, an anomaly. <laughs> if you missed last hour, you need to go look it up because we learned two incredibly important – three incredibly important things around Ben. Ben is addicted to hand sanitizer. Yes. And we're pretty sure he's not just – using it on his hands. Uh, he's probably drinking it. Um, B, Ben is also has a, a softer name, um, a more um, feminine name because of the phoneme. It proves it, that I'm more sensitive. So my name is a little more masculine. Matt, mm. his is a little more feminine. Um, ben. <laughs> and then um, the last thing we learned is that Ben is tone deaf. He huh. does not get tone in any way, shape, or form. And he isn't toned. Let's just say that, too. Four things. Anywho, uh, we got a great show for you. We're going to be talking with Julie K. Nelson, the bomb mom, we call her. She's going to be talking about Father's Day and the importance of fathers coming up uh, in just a few moments. We'll get to that. Also, a little BYU Sports Nation. We'll check in with them, find out about their show, what they're going to be doing at the top of the hour, so we can get you ready for that. You're going to want to stick around at the top of the hour to find out all things about uh, BYU sports. But first and foremost, let's get to Terry. I was going to say Terrell. Yeah. Let's get to Terry South and find out what Terry, uh, what's going on in the news. Terry? Thanks, Matt. Speaker of the House Paul Ryan addressed the media this morning discussing the Orlando shooting. This was another act of war against America by radical Islam. At the same time, let's also be clear. Members of the LGBT community were the targets. They were simply attacked for who they are. This is an ideology that rejects who we are as a country. Open, tolerant, free. It preys on the vulnerable and the insecure, seeking to radicalize them into murderers. This is a threat that knows no borders. This is a threat that cannot be contained. This is a threat that simply must be defeated. In his remarks, Ryan uh, continued to sort of edge away from Donald Trump's rhetoric, saying Tuesday that uh, this is a war with radical Islam. It is not a war with Islam. 
It's right. radical Islam. That's important. Not Islam. Muslims are our partners. Islam, we love. Radical Islam, we don't. You made a specific designation there, which wasn't made by... Yeah by Donald Trump and right. his remarks yesterday. After two days of silence, the National Rifle Association has come out to blame political correctness for the biggest mass shooting in American history. Writing in a USA Today op-ed today, the executive director of the NRA Institute for Legislative Action, Chris Cox, doubled down on the gun rights and blamed the Obama administration for letting the shooter slip through the hands of the FBI. He stressed that gun control laws don't deter terrorists and that strict laws in California and France don't prevent massacres. It's time for us to admit that radical Islam is a hate crime waiting to happen. The only way to defeat them is to destroy them, not destroy the right of law-abiding Americans to defend ourselves. Hmm. Okay. So, there you go. Um, uh, other news. Yeah. In Arkansas, an inmate serving 60 years for murdering a murder conviction escaped from prison uh, oh boy. on Monday... And uh, Lloyd Collins Jones, 40, pled guilty in 2012 of murder. He was accompanied by an armed prison guard on his way to labor at a construction site when he was able to get away. The search perimeter focused around the location, so they're still searching for this guy as he's out running free. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled in favor of the White House-backed FCC net neutrality rules, which prevents broadband providers from blocking or limiting Internet uh, traffic. The courts uphold... or the upholding is a defeat for major cable and telephone companies as it means internet service providers will be required to treat all web traffic as equal. These rules will undermine future investment by large and small broadband providers to determine to the detriment of consumers, the National Cable and Telecommunications Association argued in support of the lawsuit. Hmm. So like a Comcast won't say we're going to block Netflix. Yeah, you can't. They got to be friends. They got to be friends. You got to be. You got to allow them access, I guess. Or I guess go to Netflix and say you have to pay us extra to allow your service through our streaming streaming yeah. lines. So that's those sort of things will not be legal under this new ruling that okay. was upheld in a court after it was challenged after the FCC put it through. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Pope Francis has asked the Educational Foundation Scholas Occurrentis. Who? I hammered that, but, you know, something like that. To turn down a donation totaling 16,666,000 pesos. Ooh. Nearly $1.2 million. That's a sign of something. His reason, in part, because I don't like the 666 that's in there. Could you round those numbers up, please, for me? He's not a fan of the 666. He says it's not the only reason. The uh, (laughs) man behind the money was Argentine President uh, Marcelo Marci. is a a man that the uh, Pope doesn't get along with too well. (laughs) <laughs> the Guardian reports a frosty relationship between the two, but the 666 didn't help either. You know, which is crazy because uh, the pontiff is from Argentina. Yes. there He has a little relationship, uh, a little fight with the president of Argentina, you might say. Hey, um, crazy uh, interesting few stories going on here. Uh, Guinness Book of World Records – you won't believe this. A teenage boy from Virginia, 17 years old, inspired by American Ninja Warrior and his dad's fight against colon cancer, has has broken the world records um, of pull-ups. Okay, it totally reminds me of myself. 
Andrew Shapiro has been training for the past seven years watching uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Oh, we just happen to have video of it right here. And during a six-hour pull-up marathon, this young man had been, uh, his training had paid off. In six hours, this guy had 3,500 pull-ups for the, for the first six hours. Just hammering through them. In the last, tw- and over 12 hours, 5,742 pull-ups. Over 24 hours, this young man, 7,306 pull-ups. Shapiro shattered the old 24-hour record by more than 500 pull-ups with six hours to spare. Shapiro used his uh, his uh, 7,306 pull-ups to raise more than $4,000 for the American Cancer Society. He put out 7,300 pull-ups in 24 hours, actually in about 18 hours, which is unbelievable. How many pull-ups could you do in 18 hours? See, but you could just jump up, do a pull-up, right? Get your chin over the bar, let go. Yeah, but that's not a pull-up. What's that? Well, jumping up. So what's right? a, what would you call a pull-up? Well, you wouldn't have to be hanging. Well, you jump, yeah. grab the bar, yeah. so you're hanging because yeah. you have to get up to the bar, right? Right. And then you pull yourself up mm-hmm. and then let go, right? And then you land on the ground. Right. And then you jump back up, grab the bar. Yeah. Arms are straight. You right. pull yourself up. You could do that for a while, but that's not yeah. what he was doing. No. So I did the calculations. So I'm trying to think, how can I, can I do that? I yeah, know. you can't do it. I did the calculations and yesterday. And By the way, Ben did the calculations. Yes. Actually, he said, I'm gonna, let, me, let me figure out how many this was. And then I walked away, and two hours later, he ran in. It, it took me 30 minutes on Khan Academy. But um, <laughs> <clears throat> I, I figured after, after all that. It, his six hours, he did what thirty five hundred um, pull ups. Yeah, he did an average of ten a minute. Yeah, so it's a lot of pull ups. He was jumping up and doing several in a row, I, jumping down. When I did ugh. it, because I, I came close to this number, I didn't come right. Like I didn't get it was to that number. Thirty, right? Close, if like four was well, close to. How I was close, did. and um, I just hammered out forty really fast. Mm. And then I just slept for like 18 hours. Does it give any sort of uh, detail of the type of pull-up he was doing? No. Okay. But it was good enough for uh, the Guinness Book of World Records, which is the highest standard of pull-up ever created. It's probably the only standard. Mm-hmm. Which is great news. Um, so he's ripped, you know. 17-year-old kid. Did it for his dad. Probably weighs about a 160 pounds. I bet he's like 48 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> If you have any sort of weight on you, pull-ups are very difficult. Oh, you know what? I've just found gravity makes pull-ups incredibly difficult. Gravity is a very – it's a limiter on a yeah. lot of things in my life. No, I, totally. I, I kind of like to do without it for a while. Totally. Just to see how it would be. I know. I've even fallen because of it. Mm. Drives me crazy. Hey, uh, it's time – and I'm going to propose this to Don. I don't know if he'll take it, uh, but I was going to propose – that we get some better um, benefits for working here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one company has – it's called Practicam. Mm. It's a startup. Mm. Of course. Um, in North Carolina, Raleigh. And they have 10 open positions. And if you get a job there, 
you're going to get a free Tesla. Wow. Now, is this a like a they have like the Tesla S, which is the it's, sports car? Yeah, it's the Model Three S. Yeah. The Model Three. Yeah. The sorry, the Model Three, not the S. The Model Three, the new one that has yet to be released. Oh, that's the one. Uh-huh. So it's a promise without any delivery at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Good. Kind of like a lot of our jobs. Yes, I know. <laughs> not here, but no, in other of places. Not. I'm right. speaking for everyone. Right. Um, listen to this. Uh, for each of its more than 15 full-time staff members, plus any new recruits, they're all going to get a, a new Tesla. And we have audio of the Tesla car. This is the Model 3. A video, sorry. Do you see it riding? It's it's very quiet. Yeah. Do you hear it? No. You, you can't even hear it. It's a Tesla. Right. Look at it go. Look at it corner, though. Which is crazy because they, I don't even know if they have a working model of this car yet. Oh, they do because it's right there on the oh, video. Oh, okay. <laughs> and just watch the video. And then what's cool, though, about the Tesla is you can't hear it until you get in the car. When you're in the car, you can hear it. And we have uh, – look, they're gonna they're opening the door and they – see, they get in and listen. When they shut the door and they start. That's what a Tesla – sounds like inside the car really yeah it's a tesla coil the car is that yeah oh there we go mm. and there's arcing oh jeez. yeah oh, geez. that's oh it's smart that's gonna be ow. tough ow. oh ah and there goes the undercarriage there goes the batteries <laughs> the batteries blew up wow wow that was violent so you know company giving away teslas it's hot teslas are scary because the tesla coil you know? Right. Except and they don't have a coil. No, there's a Tesla coil. That's what the car's named after. They have, I, well, I that's what it's, it's named after, but they I have batteries. I think it's a flex capacitor, not the coil. Is it a, is it a flex or a flux? Mm-hmm. Flex. I think it's a flex. In this model, it's a flex. Oh, it's a flex because yeah. it's flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. This is, by the way, a lot of information you get on this show and video that you don't get on every other show. Mainly due to accuracy and the but lack I, of. I think the I think the arcing of the mm. Tesla coil, which is doesn't isn't in the car because the cars are on batteries. Well, what do you think charges the battery? A Tesla coil. When you plug it into the wall. Why do you think they call it Tesla if there's not a Tesla coil? Because they're they're an homage to what Nikolai Terry, Tesla or whatever his name was. We we just saw the video. That was the video. I, I, like, that was, and there was a Tesla coil. Okay, fine. And his hair. He You're was right. touching. Everyone it. that drives a Tesla is getting electrocuted when they drive. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Speaking of Tesla, yeah, the Tesla Motors has revised their non-disclosure agreement to address concerns that customers were discouraged from reporting possible safety problems Uh-oh. with the uh, Tesla company, right? They had a non-disclosure, so you couldn't – if there was a problem, you would, you would go to Tesla, you wouldn't tell anyone else. Mm. We're having problems. We right. don't want this to get out. Shh, be very, very quiet. Keep it quiet. So they revised that because that's – I don't know if that's even legal to do when it comes to yeah. highway safety. It's illegal. The Palo Alto, California electric car maker changed the agreement to make it clear the contracts don't prohibit customers from uh, reporting suspected safety problems to the National uh, Highway Safety Traffic Administration, as Elon Musk said in an interview on Friday. Mm. Uh, this all comes because uh, they've had problems with the suspension. What? Like becoming detached from the vehicle. Ah, that see, that is a problem. Uh, It says an issue uh, was what Tesla called a goodwill agreement uh, that the Model S sedan, that's the sports car, an owner and 
Pennsylvania signed after claiming in an online forum that his car had suffered a broken suspension. Faulty suspensions can cause motorists to lose control of their vehicle. The automotive, uh, automo- some automotive blog subsequently reported on the alleged safety problem and suggested the agreement could prevent it from being reported to regulators. Hmm. The blog also pointed out to a possible defect in their Model X sports utility vehicle, which has had problems like the doors. Yeah. They have, it has gull wing doors on it because mm-hmm. you need that on an SUV. Oh, yeah, totally. And the Get doors, those kids in and out. The doors don't close or seal correctly. They're a little off or you know something. What? That, because if those lift up while you're driving, you will be airborne. Yes. I mean, you, it's right? just when I was a kid. Hello. If you open the doors to the car and you're like Hot Wheels, what it ki- flew. What That's kind of doors happened. What kind of doors are those? They're gull-wing doors. Gull. Yeah, like, a, like a bird. Like a bird. It's like. Flapping. It's like Night Rider. Right. Except Night Rider. Night Flyer. Doors. That's what it is. Uh, so, yeah, they had some suspension wow. issues. They're saying, no, 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 you can report those. It's- See, and you were arguing with us about a Tesla coil, mm. which is which is inside of every one of them, and that wasn't even the problem. No, it no, was no, the, the suspension. The coil isn't part of the vehicle. It's it's a name. but Holy cow. You've got to do better research, Terry. <laughs> they wouldn't call the car Tesla if it didn't have a Tesla coil and if you couldn't put your hand on it and if it wouldn't arc and – but if you notice, even in the video we were watching, that person was being electrocuted. So I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not disparaging Tesla because I would drive one in a minute. But I would wear rubber gloves. It's it's a give and take kind of thing. Yeah. It's a lot of give and a lot of get of electricity. <sighs> Information you don't get anywhere else but right here on the Matt Townsend Show. We'll take a break. Be back with the bomb mom and be talking about uh, fathers and the importance of fathers. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Joining us in studio, Julie Nelson, also known as the bomb mom, she is the uh, wife and mother of five children. It has a master's degree in marriage and family and human development and teaches classes at Utah Valley University. She's on staff there. She's a professor at Utah Valley University um, and teaches parenting classes, marriage classes. Mm-hmm. Today, however, we are, we are having a Father's Day uh, lesson. It sounds yeah. like we're at church. A game. We're going to have a game on fathers and the importance, I guess, of fathers and just fathers... Trivia. Yeah, we're we're highlighting fathers today. Thank you for the game show music. We love games. On because the you know, Town. one thing we know, just a background info, is that fathers are essential to children because they help them with a whole yes. growth. Yes. Women are very nurturing, um, but fathers have that game quality yeah. to them where we're going to go wrestle on the floor. You never know what's coming next. We never know what's coming next. It, it, the unpredictability is so fun for kids. So true. They love it. It's like. Right. It's like a bunch of puppies rolling on the floor. Oh, yeah. And um, dads are fun. They're playful. And kids need that for their well-being. Dads accidentally hurt their children more than mothers do. <laughs> Which is good. Because we love them. We, we, we learn love how them. to be resilient. That's right. <laughs> rolling around <laughs> with them. Okay, so we're going to play a game. Yeah, we're going to play Father's Day Trivia. See how well you okay. know your father's stuff, okay. Matt. I am, a, I am a father and, and I have a father. Listeners are out there. All right. Okay. Make the music go down a little bit. There we go. Okay, now you can. All right. Here we go. Ah, here we all go. right. This is exciting. Who were the founding fathers? 
you know the founding they, fathers of the like, country like don't say like their names but what do we refer to who are they the founding fathers those who what did what the those who founded the country that were part of the con- writing of the constitution mm. right declaration of independence ding 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 wow in 1776 oh i thought you were like I'm, the whole time i'm thinking in my head like my founding fathers <laughs> you didn't name all of them no grandpa joe no no okay. the founding fathers of our country yeah that's cool okay now who is known as the current holy father according to the roman catholic church the pope yes and does he have a name pope francesco there you go nice do you know where he's from just a little trivia argentina hey you get through double triple points uh matt. the barrios in buenos aires yes buenos aires Tony. matt you are stoked i'm a highly trained professional yes, on padres you are also call him the padre the padre the pontiff uh-huh you know what i His think I holy think these are, seer you know Matt, I brought these treats if you win this game, uh, but I, I think you already earned them. Well, aren't I the only one in the game? Oh, is Ben in the game? <laughs> I, oh, Ben's in the, the game. The dings have been for me, actually. Okay, okay, yeah. Ben. I, I've let, been we'll thinking I went, the right I answer. I went to a bakery and okay. got the most delicious <gasps> Okay, I got to sit up straight. Stuff. I didn't so know, I didn't know they were this, playing for something. Okay, we're playing we'll for, let Ben answer some. We're not playing for just random points no. that Ben's dinging over there. Yeah. This is real stuff. Yeah, okay, and you already have like, what, eight points? I think I'm eight points Out of three. That's amazing. We only had three questions. Okay. Um, Roses are the official flower for Father's Day. A red rose is worn on the lapel if your father's living, and this color of rose if he's deceased. Ben. Black. No. White. Yeah. (laughs) There are no no black roses, How do you get a black rose? Hey, my rose is still (laughs) – it's still it's not black yet. It's because it's it's still alive. Well, who man. wears white for a funeral? Like no, but it's not a funeral. Well, it's if, it's, it's if a your tribute. father's because they're deceased. they're in heaven. They're yeah. in their okay. white purity. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. With not God. not right. at the funeral, but if he's deceased, you walk around with a white okay, rose. The answer was a little. The question was a you little. You got angry. it wrong. The, I need me bl- a black rose. <laughs> the, the professional got another point. I'm telling you. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, who is known to it? You may you not know this one. I didn't know it. Who is known to have initiated Father's Day celebrations, or is called the mother of Father's Day? The mother mm-hmm. of Father's Day. The mother of all Father's Day. It's easy. Day. It's Eleanor Roosevelt. Mm, no. It's. Uh, she initiated it. What year? Um, she. Oprah. No, this is a long time ago. Um, as a female. You don't. I didn't know her. You oh, probably a- know her. Adams. No, her name was Sonara Smart Dodd. Who was a daughter of a Civil War veteran who wanted to honor her father? Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's neat. What a neat. It daughter. took a, it took a long time for it to actually become an official holiday, but that she's the one that initiated. Was, was it. I assume Mother's Day was before that? I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm sure it was. Was it? Well, we've always okay. we've always revered our mothers, and it's just I guess the last couple. I don't hundred know. Years I have started. a hard time thinking that the way, that far back that someone said, "Hey, let's have a Mother's Day." That's true. Yeah. Okay. Um, in the USA. This is easy. Okay. Father's Day is celebrated on this day every year. Ben. Um. <laughs> it's not a date. It's a day. So oh. Kind of like Thanksgiving, you know, is always on the same day. So it's the third Sunday of June. Yes. <sighs> Give yourself a ding. There you go. Man. Whew. That was scary there for I a minute. Was so I was close. I was getting a little bit Did you bit see nervous. how Matt cheated over there? Well, yeah, but did you see how she had to give you five clues in about seven minutes? Holy cow. 
In other words, Ben, don't forget your father on this Sunday. This coming Sunday is the third Sunday of June. Uh, how many more do we have? We can go as long as you want. Okay, well, okay, we have to take a break. All right. Well, we'll come back and continue the quiz. Folks, I suggest you pull over. If you're driving, pull over, get parked, and uh, get your phone out because we do have treats if you win and you're in studio. If you're not, go ahead and call in. Go buy yourself treats. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. If you want to compete, call in. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. And if, if, we, if you call in and we get you on the air, then I, will, I won't send you a treat because they'll be stale. I'll send you a copy of my book. Or maybe we can get uh, one of your books because you've got uh-huh. so many books. Yeah. Holy cow. Okay, stick with us. We'll be right back. 1-855-CHAT-BYU if you want to get in on the game about dads. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. If you want to get in on the game, one eight five five chat BYU. The game is: Do you know anything about fathers? From our forefathers to the great uh, Pope, the the Holy Father, everything about father. Joining us today, Julie K. Nelson from a spoonful of parenting dot com. She's got uh, two books. Parent. Uh, Parenting, Parenting with Spiritual Power, power and... Keep It Real and Grab a Plunger, 25 Tips for Surviving Parenthood. There you go. Which would be a great gift for your father. So if you call in and uh, you can answer one of these questions, we will give you a book. Give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Hit it! All right. Who, this is an easy one, who is the father of our country? Who is the father of our country? We call him the father of our country. The father of the country. George Washington. Yes, Ben! Yes, easy one. Should I? Okay, can I start answering now? Because okay. I've been letting him. Okay, here's a hard one. Harder one. This is multiple choice. Oh no! I'll try Father's it. Day is the fourth largest, or some say the fifth largest, card sending occasion with many cards given out last year. Yes. And this is how many last year? Is it a eighty mil eighty million, mm. sixty million, mm. B, C ninety five million, or D one hundred and fifty million? I'm going to go with C. I'm going with eighty million. And C would be correct, ninety-five million. <laughs> Matt, you are like you are. You are so on oh. on fire. Okay, he's a father, so it's a little bit easier. Yeah. For okay, because he got ninety-five million cards last year. Actually, I did from all his fans. From my fan base. <laughs> so fun. All right, Father Time is also known by this name. Father Time is also known by this name. By his German name, Ua <laughs> Nope, that's actually wrong. You might want to buzz that. Uh, no, buzz. Father Time is also known by Seiko. Seiko. A wonderful watch manufacturer and sponsor of the Matt Townsend Show. <laughs> the Grim Reaper. Really? Mm. Hold on. Oh, yeah, because he takes your time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that who Father Time is? Yes, he's coming to take you away. Oh, he scares me. Okay, this is a great one. You're going to get this one because you're a psychology major. Mm -hmm. Me too. In Greek mythology, this king of Thebes killed his father and married his mother. His name has become synonymous with this hidden desire to do the same with one's parents. Oh, oh, we got a psychology major. I thought we had to wait till you finished your sentence. He's like in Jeopardy where he wants to jump in before it's over. Who is is the Oedipus complex? 
Okay. All right. Who has an Oedipus complex? <laughs> Don't raise, your, don't raise your hand. Bing. Don't raise your hand. Okay. Here's a multiple choice again. Okay. The myth of Father Christmas mm. has been taken from this country. Do you just know it or do you want me to give you four? German. G- no, give us, give us four. Okay. Give us a, four. a is Denmark. B is Sweden. C, Netherlands. D, Germany. A, D, Germany. A, Denmark. Nothing mm. good ever came out of Germany. <laughs> Ooh, bad. Sorry, is that... It's C, the Netherlands. You both oh, got it wrong. Ben. I thought you wrong. knew that one. Well, they do have a Actually, Father Christmas. A lot of wonderful things have come out of Germany. Don't get me wrong. Wonderful, like Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. And sauerkraut and Wiener Schnitzel. Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> yes, love them. That's Austria, um, by the way. Oh, is it? Name the top five gifts given on Father's Day besides a card. A tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keychain. A mug. Like a uh, like a coffee mug, um, a car. Oh, besides a car, a tie, a coffee mug, socks. Okay, we're going to put necktie along with a category of clothing. Okay, cologne. No. Um, collar stays. Uh, Lysol spray. <laughs> Mouthwash. No. Starch. No. Um, golf golf balls. Yes, yeah, that's golf the other clubs. sporting goods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. oh, sporting goods. Okay, so clothing, oh, that's how we're doing. Okay, clothing, clothing sporting goods, goods, a book. No, something to read. No, most Who fathers are, are not educated people? like you. Um, uh, t- taser. Um, that's sporting goods. Taser. it. Let me give you a clue. That's sporting Let goods. Me give you a clue. <laughs> A lawnmower. Oh, yard care equipment. That looked more like a jackhammer. But <laughs> yes, tools. Okay, tools. Tools. Yeah, but don't do a jackhammer. You just had to do a hammer. Okay, here's another one. Okay. Oh, iPhone technology. Uh, electronics. Electronics. Yes, good. Okay. Yeah. So I guess that was five points. Yeah. Okay. Um, Not really. I don't think you got. I any gave of so those. many clues. Yeah. You got like two. Ben wasn't. Okay. Here's that the one. This is down in your alley in okay. your era okay. and my era. Here we go. This 1950s TV show is about fatherhood, starring actor Robert Young. Is it a father's no, father knows best? B father does best. C father loves best. Or D father laughs best. Father knows best. For five hundred dollars, please. Yes. Okay, now Ben. Sorry, I'm not old. Ben, this is down your alley in your era. Ready? Which actor said the famous movie line, Luke, I am your father? Those are easy. Star Wars. Yeah, but what actor? What actor? He will never get this. Oh, it's the the one in Sandlot. Okay. The one that, like. And he has three names. Yeah, because there are three actors that play no, Darth Vader. No, no, it's because he's such a great actor. He has to have three names. Uh, um, okay, Matt's disqualified. He's looking on. I'm not phone. looking yeah, it up. I'm, look- I'm making an appointment. I just <laughs> remembered. I need to go to the doctor. Oh, okay. Nobody gets that one. It's called. His name is James Earl Jones. <sighs> All right, here we go. According to m- Greek mythology, who is the father of gods and mortals? Zeus. Yes. Good job, Ben. All right, now, a here's a good one. Who was the m- famous literary father of the young girl named Scout? Scout. The literary father. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know this one. Of the young girl named Scout. Or Jean Louise, if you want to not give her a real name. It's in To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. No looking on um, your, no looky on I'm your not, phony. It's, um, oh, my heavens. I'm thinking of the actor, not the role. It's um, 
Everyone has one of these. Phineas. In, no, it's. Um, everyone has one of these in their houses up in the top of the very top. Atticus. Yes. Finch. Finch. Now this is easy. Uh, who's, the, who's the father of Disney's Ariel, the Little Mermaid? Poseidon. <laughs> kind of. Okay, Kent. What is he always holding in his hand? Trident. Yes, King Triton. <sighs> he said trident. Yeah, that's a gum. <laughs> <laughs> Triton. Okay. Poseidon. He was yeah. Poseidon. Poseidon. King Triton. <laughs> Which president signed into law that Father's Day would be nationally recognized? I'll give you four choices. Okay, this will be easy. Will, Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson, Richard Nixon, Theodore Roosevelt, John F. Kennedy. Wilson. That's what I was going to say. No, you said it. You were going to. I could see you were going to say Nixon. You're just, no. piggy, you're just piggybacking on him. Yeah, but it's the right answer. It's either Roosevelt or Woodrow. Wilson. I put those in there because they're such good, um, like red herrings. It's Richard Nixon. See, you were right. He did do something good. I am not a father. <laughs> I am not a thief. No. All right. Um, we want to do a couple more. We got one. We got time for one, one more. more. But let me. Uh, all, right, all right. All right. All right. Bring it to me. I'll nail it out of the park. Okay. Here we go. Um, this 1991 movie. Called Father of the Bride starred this comedian. Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. I think you should split the treats. Two thirds to one third. I'm pretty sure I you know what? the majority. Let's of... just just leave the treats with me. I'll split them with the whole team. That happens all the time. They're Don't really good. What are they? Um, I went to a bakery, Shirley's Bakery. Oh, I love Shirley. And there you go. <gasps> All the best. All the best. Happy Father's Day. Holy cow. Matt Townsend. Thank you. And I'm not even your father. I know, but church is so that great. looks so good. Yeah. Julie K. Nelson's her name. you got to go to a spoonfulofparenting.com where you can get uh, information, all of her latest blogs. And for fun, you can get her books and get one for that mm-hmm. about the plunger. The plunger. That's a great Yeah, because dads need plungers all the time. They're always clogging up the toilet. What do you mean? <laughs> anyway, Dad, sorry to leave it that way. <laughs> Julie K. Nelson's her name. Bomb Mom is her game. Thanks, Julie. Yeah, hey, Thanks great, for the treats. Great, great to be here. Good stuff. We'll take a break. Be back with two fathers, by the way. Uh, our good buddies at BYU Sports Nation. Stick with this. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you see the good in the world. We'll be back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. It's the Army's birthday today, 14th of June, 1775. Hello. What better music to uh, shoot it down to our good buddies down at BYU Sports Nation, who are always in the fight for BYU sports. Hello, gentlemen. What's up? What's happening? Do you guys like this song? This is the Army Anthem. Very cool. Does it make you shake your hips? Uh, no. Okay. 
Hey, well, I, I love it. I love it at uh, you know patriotic assemblies. Oh yeah, of some kind where they play the anthem of each branch. Of Don't you country. love that? Do you remember? I love. Yeah, that's awesome. My my parents were in the Air Force, and I was born on an Air Force base. See, you're an Air Force brat. No, we only moved once. <laughs> so you're just a you're just a burr. From Mountain Home, Idaho, to Portland, Oregon. Wow. And is that why you love, uh, you know, the idea of being a pilot and and you want to fly in the free sky? I, I wish that I was that smart <laughs> and ambitious. Did uh, so? That's interesting. That's cool. And I just heard the zip, which means Spencer's ready. I'm ready, man. So, guys, what happened last night in the NBA? Uh, Uncle Drew happened. He was... Draymond Green didn't play. No. Yeah, that was huge. Did that not, like, clarify the point? Oh, my goodness. It totally affects the outcome. He he is the LeBron stopper. Oh, the LeBron stopper. I think I saw... <laughs> I I th- Kyrie Irving was on. Kyrie... He was on. Yeah, that was, I think, yeah, his I, best game ever. Yeah, I, th- I still think the Cavs would have won last night had Draymond been there, but it would have been interesting to see. See, now, see, the NBA got what they wanted. Yeah. And what did they want? They wanted uh, at least more six money, games. More money, more games. You know. And well, Draymond Green got what he asked for, too. Right. You can't flail and kick a guy below the belt and not expect there to be repercussions. No, so and you know what? Do it's you remember- nice to have that clown get suspended for a game because that's garbage. You remember? That's an interesting series. But we all learned that you can't flail and kick below the belt. Do you remember when we learned that together? Do you remember at our last company meeting? Oh. Remember it got ugly? The last company meeting, that's right. Do you remember? One that Jeremy and I did not attend. What company meeting? In Studio C, <laughs> people were flailing and kicking below the belt. Well, that happens in Studio C a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they call on, that on Studio C. That's right. right. It's yeah. a, it's Part all that's what it's all about, guys. Hey, um I had to ask you I have to ask you this crazy question. How many uh, pull-ups have is the most you've ever done in 24 hours? 24601. <laughs> Wow, Jerem, that's great. That's a that's lot. lot. Twenty-four thousand. Wow. <laughs> Two, four. Oh, and no. of a that, that was, dude. You went to pull-ups on that. You could have said, "Hey, what's your zip code?" <laughs> I know, no, like, but there were way easier transitions. No, but we we really have a story about a kid that that broke the pull-up world record in twenty-four oh, nice. hours: seven thousand three hundred and six pull-ups. That's pretty impressive. About a hundred more than I did. <laughs> I hope people wore gloves. I my, I would get blisters when I was younger. But your hands are sensitive. Bars in elementary school, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, but this was legit. He's a professional. I mean, he's seventeen, and he was doing it for he's his going dad. Pro in uh, pull-ups. Yeah, he's going pro. They call what him do pull. You get for something like that. You get mentioned on the. Mass you get Island mentioned, show. but he he actually raised four thousand dollars for the American Cancer Society, so he's oh, he's helping okay. so that, that way. Oh, there's okay, real there's, purpose. There is to this. purpose, yeah. and then I appreciate that way more. We always bring you a contest. Usually, it's somebody eating like a jalapeno, but now today it's a real. It's a. It was a healthy contest without food. Booyah! We love healthy contests. Yeah, at Brigham. <laughs> At, Br- at Brigham Young. <laughs> hey, um, you guys, what, uh, what's on your show today? We got to get you out early. I know you're busy. You got people to interview. You still got to get waxed and makeup. In the spirit of Kyrie Irving and LeBron James, who both put up 41 in the finals. First time a duo had put up 40 plus in the finals together. Uh, we ask, what is the most dynamic duo in BYU sports history? Ooh. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in. We're going to talk to Mark Durant about it, longtime basketball analyst. 
on the radio. Yes. Jake Taylor of uh, Men's Swimming will join us. He's trying to qualify for the Olympics as well. In fact, Monday, today, and tomorrow, uh, we will have had swimmers on all week who are trying to qualify for the Olympics. Really? Are any of them? (laughs) And what uh, BYU and Utah did in football on the golf course yesterday. The tenor of the rivalry is changing. Kalani Satake. Really? Yep. So they were on the golf course, the coaches. They competed in a charity event. And and Kalani Satake won the day, though. BYU BYU lost to Utah by five strokes. But BYU won the day. We'll tell you how. Oh, interesting. And if it's changing... Then it was positive. This is interesting. I'm going to figure it out. You jumped our T's. I don't mean to jump your T's. I'm just so darn curious. Doctor, what are you doing? (laughs) I'm ruining your show. Yes. (laughs) Um, Okay, that's a good show. This is a rhetorical. (laughs) That that is a really good show you guys are going to have today. We think it's going to be one of the best. We're excited about it. um, Show 737, by the way. Really? Mm-hmm. Show 737. Like plane. And you know what that means? That, uh, it means it's a prime number. Because you guys are always about 30, I think, ahead of me or something. Not in hours. Oh. In, uh, shows. <laughs> yeah. in shows. Just in shows total. Yeah. But you know what? You guys always do a good job. That's all I have to say. Okay? Thank you. And I'm going to let very kind That's of appreciate you. We will send a check your way. Oh, my app says I have 830 episodes. Because Eight. each hour is an episode? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That has yep. to be the case. I don't know. Wow. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Three hours a day is, is really good. <sighs> Yours is 734. Yeah. You we guys. 730. Well, yeah. not all of them. Yeah, but the app. Not it's everyone the app. works on Well, we remember, on there were a couple of them that they couldn't play because of the problem. <laughs> yeah, so they of, had to pull uh, those. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we know. We don't well, need right. to say it out loud. Yeah, yeah. Did I say it out loud? I mean, it wasn't a problem. It was more just like a Let's legal. Just say it, but not it, say it out loud. Well, it right? was a legal Go. issue. Yeah. And you know, some words you're not allowed to use. Right. We've we've addressed said uh-huh. issue. Right. Um, and then we the, no longer have right. Jason Shepard in here regularly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, did you notice? Yeah. Yes. And Jerem <laughs> will no longer gyrate his hips on the show. J okay. K. <laughs> J K. Um, okay. So we're gonna let you guys go, but we want to leave you on this note. Two, four, six, oh, one. Tell me that's not impressive. The it's pipes incredible. Of the weird thing was the microphone was all the way down his throat. Weird. Yeah. Don't ask. It was a boom mic. And boom goes the dynamite. Okay. <laughs> Guys, I got to let you go. You're going to get me fired. Let go we're, of us. Okay, We're busy. Go. We're busy. Let's go. Go. Okay. That was it. All you got to do is command it and they're gone. Poof. Yes. Oh, they're good. They're so good. Um, <laughs> oh, I got to tell you this story. This one is just going to make me laugh so, fun, so hard. Listen to this. A woman uses strobe lights and a disco ball to wage war on her neighbor's TV. Okay? Angered by a bright flat screen television, a Tribeca woman has been shining bright strobe lights and a nightclub style disco ball into her neighbor's apartment. Wow. Here's the problem. They're in two apartments across from each other in separate buildings with kind of a little, uh, I don't know what you call those, the little breezeway, the little, uh, I don't know what you call it, the little space between two buildings. But when the guy turns on his television, it shines light into her house or her apartment and she doesn't like it. 
so she got ticked off. And uh, by the way, now there's a lawsuit in Manhattan civil court. The passive-aggressive tactics started shortly after her neighbor moved into the building. Suellen Epstein is accused of waging a campaign of harassment against Rich Mill and his family. Mill's lawsuit claims that Epstein was upset by the glare caused by the big screen television and demanded he close his blinds when it was in use. Mill instead offered to pay for high-tech blinds to be installed in Epstein's apartment, an offer that she refused. According to court papers, what followed was an all-out illuminated assault. Mill claims that Epstein installed a series of extra bright spotlights against her windows and shone them across their building's shaftway directly into his apartment. Just, you know, incredibly bright lights. The spotlights caused my entire living room to spectacularly fill up with bright light every single night, Mill wrote. Mill went on to claim that Epstein went so far as to install timers on the spotlights so that they would shine blinding light into his home even when she was away on vacation. As the dispute progressed, Epstein also unleashed nightclub-like strobes and spinning colored lights, the suit alleges. Zachary Kozak, Mill's attorney, told The Post that the building lights are kept on as late as 3 a.m. People, people, can we not just get along? It's a crazy fight. Over what? Over a television light. How do you fix it, Ben? I'm going to give you one way to fix it. You go to the guy's apartment. Yeah. Knock on the door. Yeah. Say, sir. Um... I'd really appreciate it if you uh, turned your brightness on your television down, um, please. That was nice. You said please. I and feel like that'd be the most effective way to. What if he it. says, "No, we like it bright. My my family's eyes are very sensitive." Well, sir. Um, yeah. Okay. Then, I, then I turned the strobe lights on. Okay. So we gave you a chance, Ben, and it didn't work. So uh, here's what you do. If you are in either of these apartment buildings, you get a petition. Each apartment a building pass around a petition and evict both of these families. Booyah. Problem solved. I didn't even think of that. If I'm the judge of this, I would rule – Okay, you two have to live with each other on a deserted island for a year. But complete electricity. You can have all the strobe lights you want. You can have all the television you want. Yeah. And I'll bet by the time they come back after a year, they'll be best friends. Or dead. Or one of them will be dead. (laughs) Or maybe both of them. It's hard to live on a deserted island. Hey, we always like to end the show with a hero story. And with the crazy goings-on that happened in Orlando with that uh, shooting there, um, there were some pretty amazing hero stories that came out of that chaos. And one was because of a recognized um, a war veteran who had heard the sound of AR-15 assault rifle fire before. Imran Yusuf, a bouncer at the Pulse nightclub, never saw the gunman in the early Sunday morning hours 
Right after last call, he was making his rounds and barely missed coming face-to-face with Mateen. Youssef, a 24-year-old Hindu, served as a U.S. Marine in Afghanistan. On Saturday night, the combat zone followed him to Orlando. He ended up saving dozens of lives. The initial one was three or four shots. That was a shock. Three or four shots go off, and you could tell it was high caliber, he said. Everyone froze. I'm here in the back, and I saw people start pouring into the back hallway, and and they just uh, sardine-packed into everything. Youssef knew just beyond the pack of panicked people was a door, and safely... um, uh, but people were unable to unlatch it, and that could have been their freedom, right? So he said, I'm screaming, open the door, open the door, and no one is moving because they are scared. He explained, there is only one choice. Either we all stay here and we all die, or I could take the chance. And I jumped over to the latch, and we got everyone uh, that we could out of there. How many people went through that door? Probably 60 or 70 people got through the door, and uh, and their lives were saved because of it. He says, I wish I could have saved more people, to be honest. He said through tears, there are a lot of people that are dead. There are a lot of people that are dead. Before the interview, Youssef told CBS News he hadn't really processed all the lives lost. But once the combat vet started talking about it, the tears kept coming. So Youssef, uh, Imram Youssef, you are the hero of the day on the Matt Townsend Show. And by the way, um, a Hindu, an a Marine in Afghanistan, which is why we can't question. People are here, and they're beautiful, and they're heroes all around. No matter what their skin color, we're all brothers and sisters trying to just help each other. Okay? Till tomorrow, make it a great one. Take care of your neighbor, and uh, we'll talk again tomorrow.